0: To rebel with a cause i am your host eric and joining me today the great and wonderful monica perez hello hey there she is can you hear me oh fine? hey
1: <laughs> yay okay great
0: all right so we got the uh, the dark tom woods uh, aspect out of the way that's always good
1: <laughs> oh what is that i know who dark tom woods is but i missed <laughs> the reference
0: Okay, so uh, regular Tom Woods, like, tries to help out his uh, fellow libertarians in any way yes. possible. Dark Tom yes. Woods is the exact opposite. So he'll, like, uh, <laughs> mess with your internet connection. Uh, he'll, he'll make sure that you don't hit record when you're supposed to. Yeah, it's a...
1: That's really funny.
0: It's kind of a fun thing that the uh, Friends Against Government podcast and Mark Claire came up with. Them. oh
1: i i've heard- I heard them talk about it on their Halloween special, but yeah, they halfway into it, they were so high that like I couldn't even listen anymore. <laughs> I guess it takes like an hour for edibles to kick in, and I think they just <laughs> and it just kind of spun off to where unless I was eating edibles, I couldn't deal with it, so speaking of uh mind-altering substances I loved your podcast with Joel the vaping guy
0: oh yeah 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 dude that that was was his
1: first podcast that's impossible to believe he's so articulate and clear thinking and knowledgeable I mean that guy has a future in uh vape advocacy yeah
0: yeah he was uh, he was nervous the entire time, and uh, like slightly before, he's like, "Is there any like podcast faux pas?" I was like, "Yeah, don't chew on bananas or potato chips." I guess we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, he's since been uh, been on another uh, podcast, the uh, the Morning Drive with David. Um, I
1: wondered how you found yeah. him.
0: Uh, the Empress of Meme on uh, Instagram. She does a oh. lot of like meme uh, templates that you can uh, take and uh, create your own memes with. Yes. Um, she she lives in uh Indianapolis and so she's also kind of big with the We Are Libertarians podcast with uh Chris Bengel. Mm-hmm. And then she's on her own podcast called The E Militia uh and they they nice. talk about various stuff but uh yeah she uh uh gave me his stuff and I was like all right uh, you know I need guests so
1: Yeah yeah yeah. But he was like so that nervous the whole time. One. I was
0: like dude don't don't worry about it man you did great.
1: Oh it was great. Yeah, I loved it. it. Was fun to listen to.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, the morning drive with David, um, uh, that guy, he actually bought a whole bunch of his, uh, his, uh, his e-liquids. So,
1: <laughs> oh really?
0: Yeah. And then he was, he was talking about it on his uh, podcast. It was, it was pretty good.
1: Yeah. He validated what a vape guy, a, a vaping person I know at the radio station where my show is that, uh, they, he knew right from the start that this was about big tobacco yeah. monopolizing, yeah. Keeping, you know, the regulatory barriers to entry, I mean, it could not be more obvious.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was so obvious, in fact, we're like, oh, uh, Big Tobacco's doing this again, you know? Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Pretty clear.
0: Because I even remember back in the 90s, they were uh, trying to talk bad about the uh, the cigarette filters, the the little uh, pieces of plastic. And, wow. You know, and filter really? cartridge. Yeah, there was like, yeah, don't do this because you'll have burning plastic in your mouth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <huh. laughs> back- could not be worse than
0: what you're actually doing. Although I
1: smoked for like 25 years, so
0: yeah, I think it's glad point, I stopped. Yeah, same here. I started when I was like 12, and uh, oh, did, you did? Yeah, yeah. Did it I was all the 15, way up.
1: but I wasn't 12.
0: <laughs> uh, well, you know, I had a rough upbringing. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, so it was uh, yeah, it smoked all the way up until like my late 20s. You know, and then it was like, you know what? I, I can't run anymore. <laughs> Walking up the steps is uh, is kind of hard. Uh, I was just, we'll just sick stop. of
1: being addicted to matches. Like I couldn't, I would go crazy because I wouldn't have matches. I had kids, like I couldn't just run out to the store. I would, I had a delivery mm. liquor store. I would have the liquor store deliver me liquor so that they could just bring me smokes.
0: Oh man,
1: I used to do that with pizzas too. And even when I was in college and absolutely broke, I would order like the smallest pizza they would deliver and pay the guy to stop and get me cigarettes on the way. Nice. Yeah, this is, this is this is why I'm glad I quit. It had nothing to do with health. It had 100% to do with just like I couldn't stand being a slave.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's definitely one of those things because uh, when the cigarette prices went up because of all the taxes that they put on it and mm-hmm. uh, and you're still paying it anyways and now you're getting like a half a yes instead yes. of a full or you're yes. trying to chip in with your buddies.
1: Yeah, and no price is too high, forget yeah. it. And as my husband said, this was the real convincer. He just said, I just don't understand why you smoke. It doesn't even get you high. <laughs>
0: <was just> like, <laughs> good point. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's the pragmatic
0: approach to it. I guess if you smoke a lot, you get a little lightheaded. But well, it,
1: what it does is, what people don't realize is, it fosters later drinking. Yeah. It's just a stimulant. It's like a teeny, teeny, teeny grain of Coke or whatever. But it just, like, therefore makes you drink more, stay up later, get sicker. It was it's just not better. <laughs>
0: no. No, and and now people who want that nicotine fix, they can get it through a vape and nothing else. And, uh, you know, we we talked about it on my podcast. Or
1: the THC thing, although that shit will send you. I mean, if you don't understand how to dose those things, they will send you to the hospital.
0: But anyway, whatever. I I got a funny story. So uh, the last Libertarian National Convention, the one that was in New Orleans in 2018, uh, we had wrapped up every business, all the business and everything. So it was the uh, the end of convention uh, gala. Yep. And I'm standing down there and uh, begrudgingly went up to Nick Sarwark to congratulate him on his uh, third win. I didn't vote for him. I voted for uh, Josh Smith. But uh, uh, he, some guy from South Carolina comes up with a vape, and he was like, hey, do you guys want to try try a vape? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I, you know, I've never tried a vape before. I guess it can't be too bad. So Nick Sarwark takes a hit, and he kind of coughs. He's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. And then uh, I'd take a really huge one because I figured, oh. oh, you know, I smoke cigars every now and then. I can handle this. Yeah. And the before the South Carolina guy could warn me, he's like, no, it's pot.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> I had taken oh. such
0: a huge one. I was already drunk off of a couple of scotches and sodas at that Oh, thing.
1: no. Were you rocking back and forth in the corner? <laughs>
0: oh, man. I was. I at some point had found myself uh, in a deep conversation with uh, Drew Lata from Oregon. Uh, and we were just talking about uh, offshore drilling for some reason. <laughs> when i kind of realized what was going on i was like wait where am i what are we doing
1: dude i'm surprised that you were standing up or conversing in any way i mean that shit should really have like a uh a gauge thing that you can like cannot take that big a hit like do not take the biggest hit you can take
0: (laughs) yeah then the south carolina guy came up to me afterwards he was like was like i'm surprised you are still standing
1: yeah, totally. I I actually try to tell my kids, I have three teenagers, one of whom has Down syndrome, so hopefully this isn't going to apply to him. Like, it, it, food, drugs, anything that you're doing, if you can't look at it and figure out how God gave it to us, then you probably need to take it back one step of processing. Yeah. Like. If you can't see like, oh, that grew out of the ground or that was walking around, you know, like whatever. If you can't envision what you're putting into your face looked like when it was given to us, then you probably want to take that slow.
0: Yeah, I've tried that with my kids. uh, With. Trying not to eat the uh, the gross uh, processed food and everything. Um, yes,
1: yeah, it's all and, that.
0: And I was like, all right, so try to imagine yourself as a caveman. Uh, you know, twenty to fifty thousand yes. years ago, yes, you wouldn't have had access to this at all, right? <laughs> and, right. So, and
1: you have to totally trust whoever it is is doing it,
0: right? As so, I was like, you know, long story short, if you can't pull it out of the ground yourself or yes. put an arrow through it, probably yes. don't put it in your mouth.
1: And for me, I know my kids aren't listening in the in real time, but I still, all these years later, my dad is long dead hear the stuff he told me and I'm using it. I'm using it to teach my kids, so I feel like yeah. that little voice of mom is, I'm just putting a little, a little packet of mom voice in their heads so that they can use it later when they need it, access it when things get hairy.
0: Yeah, last weekend I uh, took my son to a little VR game uh, at a at the 13th Gate in Baton Rouge, it was like a really big uh, haunted house, but they uh, decided that uh, they can't make money from a haunted house all year long, so they have like escape rooms and.
1: Oh, good, and, yeah. And the fun. VR games. I so. love those. Yeah, yeah.
0: So it's him and his friends, and they're all screeching and hollering and everything the whole time. And I'm like, guys, you guys got to listen to learn how to play the game before we go in there. Right. And then I was at that moment, I was like, oh, I just became my dad. <laughs>
1: Totally, totally. And you probably looked like it and sounded like it and in there like Charlie Brown World. It was just like, wah, 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 wah.
0: Oh, and it was it was self-evident too because in the game you have to like pull levers but you can't uh, use the guns to do that. You There's like another button you got to push. And none of the kids, the kids would go up and they would like shoot the lever and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Just <laughs> pull the lever like this. You know, and it was like, oh, how'd you do that? I was like, it was well, talked about gotten, in the orientation we've meeting.
1: we gotten to the point where if you have to read the instructions or listen to the instructions, it's just not a viable product.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I feel like kids aren't even learning that, like, you just can't, if you can't intuit it by looking at it, it's not that's so like apply that level of laziness to like the food you eat. It's like, yeah, if you can't figure it out, don't go near it.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think the average for a human being to figure out something is like 11 seconds. And uh, Really? It, 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 yeah, I think there was like some kind of study on something like that. Right, right. Um, So just watching them like sit there, shoot that lever, I would just let it go for about 10 seconds. I was like, yeah, at some point they're going to figure out there's another button on that gun that they can push.
1: Well, wow, that's <laughs> fascinating. Never got it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to start observing that or trying to observe that.
0: Yeah, so just like hand a new piece of technology to somebody and just, just give them a, a, a few minutes and just let them right. just kind of work around with it. But uh, Interesting.
1: I'm going to do that to my mom. She's 91. I'm oh. going to give her something. She she listens to my show on the internet.
0: Well, you know, hey, she's participating. There you go. Uh, mm-hmm. at, that's also a lot of things that I have problems with the with the older folks is they, uh, they don't really want to learn anything new. They're just kind of set in their ways. And it was like, uh, come on, you got you to keep the, uh, the the grooves going in your brain. You know,
1: <laughs> I feel like that's what new. our our generation needs to do, because we're the generation that saw the Internet raw, yeah. like the limited hangout and the yeah. ones our kids just think that we're crazy because they didn't see it. And yeah. we need to I don't know how we're going to penetrate their their generation, but they think we're crazy. With yeah. like whatever,
0: yeah, I get and uh, I'm assuming your Gen X is is long with, along with me, right?
1: i am I'm older than you are, but I am definitely Gen X,
0: okay, yeah, so like a post on, baby boom, yeah, I'm on like like the tail end. I was born in seventy nine so uh, yeah, we saw the internet in its infancy. Uh, you know, my dad had a, a a drafting job for electronics and instrumentation. So he would get to bring home computers and every now and then he would have to upload stuff through the phone line and that was back when you had to put the phone receiver. Yeah, into a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We didn't
1: have that, but I know it was there.
0: Yeah, at breakneck fifty six hundred baud rate. So Oh, you come
1: up the next day. Like that's what happened. (laughs) I was like,
0: Yeah, we're just gonna let that sit overnight and they'll get it maybe tomorrow morning. (laughs) Right. If nobody picks up the phone before (laughs) then.
1: (laughs) <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. So uh, when the Edward Snowden thing happened, and all of us have been paying attention to this crap since the uh, the early '90s, and we're uh, just like, he didn't tell us anything new. We all kind of knew about all this stuff. Right. Uh, you know, Google is basically just Echelon with a with prettier packaging on it. You know. Yeah. And uh, I was sitting there blowing people's minds. I was like, when Wi-Fi came out, we knew that we could map a room with Wi-Fi signal because it bounces off all the walls and everything. I like a bat. Yeah, and so we, uh, so I would show like a map of somebody's house because we wrote a program to do that, and I was no
1: like, way, really. Yeah,
0: I was like, look, and if I can do this, and I'm a you know, that's stupid amazing.
1: Teenager,
0: yeah, if I can do this, and I'm a stupid teenager.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, the Edward, Edward Snowden stuff—if he's not telling us things that are ten years in the future, he's not telling us anything because that's what's yeah. in there. It's at least ten years in the future. Yeah, that they know what's coming. So what he's just makes me sick. I hate that. guy. I shouldn't say hate that guy because I hate is an emotion that it's very difficult for me to conjure up. Thank God. Dislike. I just he's not a person. I don't know what his name is. I really don't know. But he's that whatever that that icon is, he it's it's not it's evil.
0: Yeah, to me, he's the living embodiment of the guy who just started paying attention. You've ever seen that meme where he's like. uh, Oh, funny. Yeah.
1: Like a recently converted normie or something. Uh,
0: Right. Right. So he's like, hey, did did you guys know that they were tapping all your phone? It's like, yes, we've been knowing this (laughs) for so long.
1: That's who he is. He's a a gap bridger. That's why he's there.
0: But uh, did you watch that uh, Joe Rogan interview that he did?
1: Yes. And I did like hours of analysis of it because Pete pedonas asked me to do it and i uh i wasn't gonna watch it you know because i've already like made my judgment on that guy and i don't like to cause myself pain i can't (laughs) watch politicians giving speeches i can't watch the state of the union address i just i have to do it sometimes but he asked me to do it and i did it even though it was a grueling three hours yeah and then i i i was not I actually just by playing a few clips of it, I got many on my WSB show. I got many, many responses that said, boy, like I didn't know about that guy. But now, I mean, it's so obvious. Didn't you agree? And then it kind of outed Joe Rogan.
0: Yeah, Joe, he will cause me severe brain headaches uh, (laughs) (laughs) because he'll have Larry Sharp on and Larry's a great guy. And he'll push back against everything Larry was saying. And then the right. moment, like a government stooge, because he also has that other ex-CIA guy on the show, The can't think of his name, but he lives in Idaho now. And Joe will just go, uh-huh, uh-huh, and just kind of shake his head and not really challenge him too much on on anything. And then it's just kind of just let him go. And then with the Edward right. Snowden interview, all right, I can kind of get that you're you know having to do it remote and he's not there in the studio with you. And so there might be a little bit of a communication lag or whatever, right. but you just don't let the guy just talk.
1: And for, Snowden yeah. was the one recording it first of all, which was very weird. Yeah, he said it from the beginning, and that he didn't call him out on breaking both legs and having to carry. He said he was 120 pounds carrying around a guy who was 260 pounds. That is what Snowden said to Joe Rogan, yeah. and Rogan did not challenge it.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, come uh, on. I, <laughs> yeah. Y- You could probably get a 260 pound guy up for a a minute. A
1: 120 pound person?
0: Yeah. I mean, you might be able to pick up. 120
1: pounds? How much does your son weigh? You know, 60? (laughs) I'm just saying like, it's okay. Maybe you're right. Maybe I don't know. But I couldn't get a 260 pound person and I'm more than 120 pounds.
0: Yeah. So. I don't know.
1: Sorry. I just, that thing just made, you're triggering me.
0: Are you doing that on purpose? Uh, No, I'm not doing it on purpose. (laughs) Uh, Dark Tom Woods is uh, no, no uh,
1: exactly uh,
0: yeah. So I was in the, I was in the military in 1998. Uh, so we kind of did some of the same training and everything. And I, I saw 160 pound guys carrying 240 pound guys because they had to. They couldn't keep it up for very long. But I was like, all right, maybe you could probably get them up and then decide uh, I can't do this. And then, uh, but you know, you're you're saying that you carried him for a while. It's like I I don't believe that at all unless you've got. You know, monkey up, upper body strength that that I'm not yeah. aware of, but well, don't look like it.
1: <laughs> it's hard for me to, like, actually envision what a 120-pound person with a 24-inch waist, full-grown man yeah. looks like. But in my mind, it's a skeleton. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't, which apparently is skeleton- dissolved because he had broken both of his legs jumping out of his bunk. I mean, his story is stupid.
0: Yeah. It's that, all kind of it plot holes, the size that you can drive a Mac truck through. You know? And it
1: changes. So when
0: yeah.
1: I used to have a lot of material on him, I did a lot of shows on him when he first came out. Cause I completely didn't believe it. And then I got taken down from WordPress like a year ago and yeah. I, my text was saved, but all my media was lost. So my pictures, my videos, my audio, And uh, and so I don't have all the things where I had like had played clips of his Brian Williams first Brian Williams interview, which um, it disappeared off the Internet within days that completely contradicted the story that was had already been out there. Like he started to morph to like phase two of the psyop, which is how psyops work. Like if it really, really works well, they give it a new assignment. Yeah. I read that in the in the like joint chiefs information operations handbook or something like they'll like they'll test it in advance and then they'll roll out future phases. And I could just see the thing changing over time. And now he's this like cartoon, basically.
0: Yeah. Uh, And to, to kind of add to that uh mockingbird uh, uh project mockingbird where they had the yeah. uh, cia and the news media and stuff they, you know there's still cia officers there it's not called project mockingbird anymore so they're right got,
1: that's what people don't understand they get out it and they just go underground they're not yeah they're not disappeared yeah you so, know who ran that operation uh, mockingbird
0: oh man now you're gonna test oh. my memory on this one
1: I, I don't know if you're gonna know i think this is an obscure fact
0: yeah A little known fact. yeah go ahead and give it to me because uh, horde
1: myers Cord Myers, who he was a CIA guy who was married to JFK's last mistress, (laughs) um, Mary Pinchin Myers. And uh, she was killed the day the Warren Commission report came out very mysteriously. Oh, oh, coincidence. Anyway, (laughs) it all came together. And I think Cord Myers, I think his original goal, literally, was to be president of the world. Like he was trying to establish a world government that he could be president of. And he ended up running operation mockingbird instead (laughs) it's just funny like i just think it's weird that these there's so many connections you can you can pull on threads and like other things unravel
0: yeah and with conspiracy theories and stuff like this uh, you can connect dots that probably aren't meant to be connected but uh, you get enough of those and you're like okay well this actually meets the criteria for circumstantial evidence yeah. yeah.
1: You, you can definitely look at things and put, you know, it's like the constellations in the sky. I can look at anything and say like, that doesn't look like a, a bull to me, you know, <laughs> and I could make anything fit on those dots as well as a bull fits on those dots. So I can see how you can create conspiracy theories that really aren't there. And I, I, I work hard on making sure that what's really going on behind the scenes, you know, that if I really have an opinion about it, it's like overwhelming. And I, and a lot of times I will try, I don't want to believe it. Like I, I want to not think it's true. And I just, a lot of times I just can't like once the scales are gone, you can't see it any other way because no other image fits over those
0: dots. Right. Yeah, matrixing is a uh, is a is a verified phenomenon that happens with human beings. I mean, we'll, we try what? to oh, uh, looking for faces and shadows, and you know, yes, seeing animals. That's and called stuff and, Yeah,
1: awesome.
0: and you can do it with uh, audio as well. So people who uh, do the whole ghost hunting thing and they're hearing static, and then they think they hear some kind oh. of voice coming from it. You're like, yes, it's like no, your brain is putting that together.
1: <laughs> There's a show that I think it's called Ghost Hunters that my son yeah, has yeah. Down Central just loves yeah and we, he's like 17 so he he's not like a baby but he's so he's got some sophistication he can watch like a show that has a plot yeah and you just walk past it and you're like that's de-. he's like no mom look it's a ghost I'm like it's definitely definitely not like what <laughs> are you And know my other kids just like you can't let him watch that <laughs> but I so I, I get exposed to it a lot and I'm like uh oh, that's just not true
0: yeah, it's a it's a fun show for me and my wife to watch because uh, I, I like just kind of sitting there, just kind of poking holes in my mind. I'm not going to say it out loud, but I was like, I was like, no. And you notice how everyone on the table heard something different.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. And then the uh, the whole video aspect of it, you're like, okay, do we know if there was a crew behind where that camera was at? No. Yeah. Oh,
1: yes. <laughs> you can totally use like uh, assumption poking assumptions. I mean, that's really where most of the conspiracy speculation theorizing comes from. I think is you, you, when you're good at it or when, when you get used to doing it, what you're doing is identifying the assumptions, right? the stuff that's not in evidence, you're identifying the assumptions and you're questioning the assumptions. And then when you look at like, we're making this assumption, can you, can you, debunk that assumption and then what does the whole official narrative fall apart then yeah so and then i get sick of that because you can do you can question every damn last assumption and to the point where uh is this even reality yeah probably not like probably like me knocking on this table is like by some definition not material you know then it becomes like definitional but i just feel like at a certain point it doesn't matter yeah. At a certain point, it doesn't matter. If this is just a dream, it still has order and I'm, it's here for me to figure it out.
0: Yeah, I, I'm kind of a, the same way. It's like, all right, if it's a simulation, this doesn't change what's actually happening to me right now. Yes. You know, I exactly. could, I could yes. live as though this matter. is a simulation and it nothing matters. Uh, I could totally do that, but it was like, no, I'm just going to carry on. Yeah, but-
1: What's the point of that? Because, I mean, you perceive pain, right? It's all about avoiding pain, is it not?
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, I, we even seen this uh, with nine eleven 11 trutherism because uh, I was one of those guys, and I would easily dispel whatever government uh, uh, conspiracy theory was out there with the sentence. And if I can just throw a couple of words together that just automatically discounts what you have, then maybe you should do a little more looking into it. Like, cell phones don't work above 6,000 feet.
1: Yes, right.
0: <laughs> like, what, and what? that
1: if something, if a building gets scooped out on one side, it doesn't fall into its own footprint, like yeah. Building Seven.
0: Yeah, and there's been other, you know, big major uh, skyscraper buildings that have caught completely on fire and didn't yes, and burned for
1: weeks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but they, but they, like Tucker Carlson said, if I recall this correctly, well, we know it can happen because it did happen. You know what I mean? So that's not a guy who's questioning assumptions.
0: Yeah, no, no. And
1: his father was the head of um, Radio Free America or something. His father was like a really prominent propagandist.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I'm sure
1: he's there for that reason.
0: Yeah, some more connections there. It's uh, a anytime I see the. uh... Oh, now I'm blanking on his name uh the guy from cnn uh, anderson cooper there we go
1: ah yes yes yes, yes. Uh,
0: oh oh the heir to the astro fortune who was in the cia during college yeah okay <laughs>
1: yeah, his only job outside of the media was in the cia yeah which i believe he worked both summers in college or the two yeah second summers you know and his origin story is preposterous He went out with, you know, made his own money and didn't want to take his family money and didn't work for anybody and was just on the scene in some like really obscure places getting these scoops that put him on the map. It's like, okay, and standing in
0: a drainage ditch and saying, look at how much global warming is causing this flooding after a hurricane. (laughs)
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah, uh, that was probably some of the best, uh, best unintentional comedy ever, because he's standing in the (laughs) middle of that drainage ditch up to his hips. And then there's like kids walking behind him on the street, (laughs) where it's only like a couple of inches.
1: Well, that you can see a lot of that these days. Like they'll pull back, they'll pull back on the shot, and you'll see how ridiculous it is. Like they'll show a little crowd, and then you know they'll they'll what looks like a huge crowd as far as I can see. They'll pull back, and like there's no one. Yeah, they (laughs) they've bunched it all close.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, How I want to say it was maybe a BBC reporter that was uh, doing something, and they had like a crowd of maybe. 20 people and they were just like standing so close that they could probably uh, tell what size underwear they had. (laughs) And then when they pull back on the shot, it's like just that group and there's nobody else on the street.
1: Yeah. And that's it. And when they start with, you were talking about virtual reality before the augmented reality, that Pokemon go, I think they're, they're going to be able to put themselves. I mean, this is Probably they're definitely going to be able to put themselves in a real situation, but they're not really there. Right. And, they, and they've and they been caught so many times showing pictures of of something that isn't that thing. Yeah, I think that's what Piers Morgan got ran out of run out of the UK way back in the day for posting stuff on Iraq atrocities. That was that just wasn't the picture they said it was
0: yeah nothing has changed, even all the way back to Gulf War one, uh you know, they had the c n n crew like standing in front of a, a green screen or a blue screen, reporting on stuff as if they were actually there and then uh, I
1: saw that, and then I yeah. saw a debunking video that showed that hotel like painted blue, yeah. something crazy, and I could never find that all right, maybe I need to go back and relook at that because I remember thinking, oh well, maybe the hotel was just blue. Yeah. So I can't, but that was a long time ago where I was like, well, obviously the hotel is just blue.
0: Yeah, Cause that's the color you paint a building, right? It's yeah, building
1: exactly. Paint. In, in the desert.
0: Yeah. Where <laughs> you would want to kind of keep it a lighter shade to reflect <laughs> the sun's rays.
1: But I, yeah, I didn't see that stuff for what it was until, until I got this radio show where I took calls, like a terrestrial radio show. And I was covering the Boston Marathon bombing had just happened and I would be hyper vigilant about making sure I understood every detail of a story Mm -hmm. because people would call me callers would just call and say stuff I didn't know and I would feel so stupid and then I'd have like a four-day anxiety attack so I would just hyper research before a show
2: yeah
1: and the Boston Marathon bombing I was like but but this, that isn't the truth. This is this, and it's that, and it's this. And I would like go back and all the reports were different and it was changing. And I was like, how can this be? I mean, these are facts or they're not facts. What's the truth. And then I started seeing how the Sarniav's uncle was the son-in-law of the CIA chief of Afghanistan yeah. and all that stuff like that. And then I, and I just, and, and what, what was the clincher for me? It was really the eye opener for me was that I saw, I was like, okay, so, they ke- they said they didn't know who those guys were but they definitely did because they were connected with the CIA so like right. the FBI guy comes out and says if you know uh, thing one and thing two like let us know cuz we don't know them but they definitely did and then that people died looked like to me and i thought wow like the government is covering up this thing where people really died or i didn't even it didn't even occur to me that maybe people didn't die that did not occur to me but yeah. I, the sarnayevs for sure died and they say the second one's live, but I don't think so. And, uh, and then I realized that they would do it. I was like, wow, they did it. They would do it. So now let me revisit all the things that I would, I said before, like, I just don't believe they would do it. And then I, then like, then it all opened up. It was just the psychological barrier where I just couldn't believe they would do it.
0: Yeah. Uh, and with that Boston, uh, marathon bombing, I mean, there was so much stuff that was happening afterwards, uh, that even if you were trying to build a case against these two brothers, uh, you know, an FBI agent goes to talk to one of the roommates and ends up shooting him in the kitchen or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. yes.
1: him Todeshev. Absolutely. His yeah. wife called me. His wife called me and I did a video I, uh, an audio with her which I hopefully I still have it but it might have gotten lost in the purge. Yeah. But it was it was it was from Russia for sure because we couldn't I couldn't connect on the internal like she fled to Russia. Mm. I couldn't connect on like the internal WSB phone lines. It yeah. was messed up. I took hours for me to connect with her. But yeah, it was shot like six times, once a kill shot in the crown of the head. Yeah. It was terrible, terrible, terrible thing. Terrible.
0: Yeah, and if you're trying to get a witness, uh you probably don't shoot them in the kitchen even if they were trying to attack you, you know. <laughs>
1: what do you mean? You wouldn't shoot them in the kitchen?
0: Well, I mean, if the, even if the guy was trying to attack the FBI agent who's like asking him questions and everything, I, I yeah. probably would try to do everything I could to maybe not kill him cuz he's a witness.
1: Yes, know? yes, of course, right. Yeah. And they kept changing like how why they had to kill him like he had a broom. And then they were just like, oh, he had a bayonet. You know, was like oh, yeah. you, There were like four of you. Yeah. And his friend was sitting outside. I think his friend was sitting outside. Yeah, because they interviewed the friend. That's for sure lost. Yeah. They interviewed the friend. They said I, he sat there on the curb with me and he said he was scared. And the FBI guys came and they took him inside. And then that was it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> he wanted uh, to leave. He had a ticket to Russia. They should have just let him go.
0: Yeah, so even if he did have a broom or a knife and it was attacking you, okay, Get cut a little bit, you know. Get a bruise. Well, that they'll never do. Yeah, yeah.
1: They won't do that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the world we live in. There's zero risk, zero tolerance for yeah.
0: risk, <laughs> for sure. I was like, no, that dog barked at me. Okay. Yeah. They, no, I they all that, have that dog has mindset. teeth.
1: The dog had teeth. Oh <laughs> you know? yes,
0: the dog had teeth. It it was a nine pound chihuahua.
1: <laughs> Could have given me a nasty nip. Oh. They. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty frustrating. And I just, I hate looking at that stuff because that's, again, like innocent people getting killed. And the, if it's the government agents who do it, they're above the law. Like they don't have to stand the same scrutiny. And I actually think they should have greater scrutiny yeah,
0: because they they, they control the situation. Immunity. Yeah, and that's uh, that's something that will just drive me nuts because the uh, the Fox News watchers out there they they will say all day long that uh, oh they have a tough job you know they have a dangerous job. I was like no, a crab fisherman in the Bering Sea has a dangerous job. <laughs> yes, a Seven Eleven yeah, but... convenience store worker after you know midnight has a dangerous job.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, and and they actually like even when I was a little kid, they I remember seeing reports of like an officer is killed and they say. Like, that's a more serious crime. It should have a greater penalty. And I remember as a little kid saying to my father, but isn't that their job? Like, isn't it, why is it worse? Yeah, Aren't they going in? Like, isn't that what they're signing up for? Why is that, like, the most egregious? And, And he was like, I don't know. But, like, years after that, I realized, like, the point is, this is your thin blue line, and you need to, which, by the way, that expression came out of, I'm sure it's been around, but there was a documentary that I had reviewed thin blue line where the guy was on death row and was totally innocent. And it was a function of prosecutorial misconduct, whatever, but the right, what they said to the jury was, this is the thin blue line. Like we can't have them killed because then, then the floodgates open and you get killed and that's, That's the mentality. But a lot of times they create the danger, no knock raids and other stuff like that. And if you feel like they're not going to get prosecuted, then they're not going to, and they're trained to take no risks, to be very aggressive there. It gets ugly. And then what I think is an end goal for some of this stuff is that innocent law abiding gun owners defending their homes from these guys sneaking around in the middle of the night they get killed like all the time, you know, or there are many yeah. examples of them getting killed. And really your answer is like, hands up, don't shoot. Like I'm not going to, you don't want to have your own gun. You don't want to defend yourself. Yeah. So I feel like it's a chilling effect on, I, I mean, I don't even want my kids calling the cops and stuff. Like I used to would oh, yeah, definitely say not. like, you know, call the cops. If there's ever a problem, like don't call the cops because my son has down syndrome. Like he doesn't know how to react to that. And I really worry a couple of times he's escaped. And I really worry that like he'll, I remember once he escaped and and we called the cops And the two times I called the cops. It was both times was a mistake. Mm. The, um, well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, they, they, some are helpful and some are not helpful, but I feel like it inter injects a, a level of like armed fatal risk. Yeah. And so he was like in the woods and he started yelling, "I have a stick, don't come close to me." And I'm like, "Oh my god. Oh, uh, don't do
0: that." Yeah.
1: Don't say stuff like that, you know? And and they and the cops wouldn't tell me where he was. I had to find like I had to find the scene. Mm. They're like, "Oh, we found him." I was like, "Okay, I'm going there." Like, "No, we're not going to tell you where it is. We don't want you to go there."
0: It's was, like, was like, "This is I'm his mother. He he will listen." To I know you. I had to yeah. go
1: because yeah, he's 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 a big kid, you know? And Oy vey. Anyway, a lot of them, but like, I I mean, I, a lot of them, I have a lot of cousins who are in law enforcement, fire department, stuff like that. A lot of, they are hardworking people. I mean, that's why you get so much tension is that a lot of these people are just trying to do a good job. They go into it for the right reasons, but the way the system kind of trains them now yeah. on the front end and then, and then like conditions them <clears throat> the way there's really no like uh like deterrent on the penalty phase, I think it's it's a, what like, you know, what we libertarians call a moral hazard.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, it it definitely is one of those things that I kind of harp on every now and then. It's like, look, if you got a neighbor who's, you know, hasn't come out of the house in a couple of days and you noticed, get your butt up and go knock on the door. You do it yourself. Uh, right. We, we just saw that over here in Fort uh, Fort Worth uh, just a little while ago, uh, where the neighbor saw the door open, so she called the cops, and now a woman's dead because she was standing in the window in her own house. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah I saw that story. It was such a uh, an odd story.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, all right. You noticed that the uh, door was open in the middle of the night? Okay, sure. It's a little weird that she was playing video games with her nephew at two o'clock in the morning, but still.
1: And the door? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But still go over there and knock. Find out yourself. You know, and yeah. if nobody's answering and you see dark shadows like trying to rifle through drawers and stuff, okay, maybe then call the cops. You know.
1: And but. it's rude in a way. Like I remember I lived in Dallas for a long time, right after I got married. And with my husband, he's like, Oh, that's a dangerous thing on this guy's whatever. I'm gonna call the cops. And I was like, Whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, when you're first married, you're like, I have to square a few things you know sort a few things out and i was like you don't call the cops on your neighbors ever yeah and if you have a problem with it you go talk to them if you don't have the nerve to go talk to them then don't send your armed agent anonymously you know and he was like oh you're right you know he just didn't even think of it that way (laughs) yeah and then another time i had they had a lot of solicitors where they would knock on your door and come in and uh and like try to sell you, I don't know what magazine subscriptions, but they were aggressive and they lied about what the purpose was. Right. And I I let one in once, and I was pregnant. My husband was not home, and one of the neighbors came over and just started bitching. There was two girls bitching them out. <laughs> you get out of here, blah blah blah, and like and started yelling at me too. It was like you can't let people into your house, you know. <laughs> and uh, and I just was like thought it was such a stand up guy. I was like wow, right on, you know. Yeah. Thank you. You. It was fantastic. He was watching out for his neighbor and, and took matters into his own hands. I was blown away. That's when I fell in love with Texas.
0: <laughs> yeah, there there's quite a lot of that here. And you'll actually find that kind of all over the South. I'm pretty sure that's even the case over there in Georgia, too. So
1: I don't know. Atlanta's Atlanta At, is, like, is a little different. Atlanta is <laughs> a little different. It is. It's really like inside the loop is very... It's it's a uh, very melting pot, so you don't have, like, a consistent culture like that. And I was looking for the culture, because for me as a New Yorker, I could fit in in Texas. Yeah. After I lived there for a little while, because I just had to key into the culture, which I did, and I liked it. And uh, and then, but in Atlanta, I really was just, like, casting about to do that, and I couldn't, because there's so many subcultures.
0: Yeah, yeah. There There's definitely a difference between Buckhead and downtown, you know. it's a,
1: Absolutely, and yeah. Buckhead and Dallas, you know. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Uh, But I am still convinced that uh, the city of Atlanta pays people to go out onto the interstate at uh, rush hour just to drive slow in every lane. So to keep all the traffic.
1: (laughs) Hey, man, some people go out there and protest. (laughs) We've had that. And then we're convinced my co-host Binkley and I are convinced that through his excellent, excellent work that the I-85 collapse was intentional was mm. orchestrated which so the highway collapsed onto another highway and uh it, it, they said it happened because a homeless guy started a fire
0: underneath oh it. yeah good old thermal I guess, expansion
1: i guess in in <laughs> retrospect it's it's hard to believe anyone didn't realize it was a setup
0: yeah uh oh man you, you can start going down the rabbit hole on construction things going wrong uh so
1: the i wonder about that because the, there's so much of that and i always look at it and i'm like it's hard for me to believe that things can get that that bad what about there was one in new orleans recently surely that yeah, was yeah, the hard
0: Rock cafe it, uh, yeah do
1: you think that was there was something screwy about that
0: uh i mean you could one, you can point to stupidity being the, the absolute cause of it. And New Orleans is so rife with con, uh, with corruption, it's not even funny. So I, I wouldn't even be amazed if uh, plans for that got kind of pushed through without any other yeah. kind of oversight. Um, yeah. But all of that is going to go back to the engineer who who puts the stamp on the drawings. Yeah. So
1: so who is that person? Let's, yeah.
0: let's, so, let's
1: have a name.
0: Yeah. You'd have to do a lot of digging on that one because... Even if the engineer stamps something and saying yes, this is uh, safe. It's to the ASTM standards. Uh, we're all covered there or ISO nine thousand, whichever one that they're using. Yeah. And uh, you know, the construction company if they start cutting corners, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, it, it'll be definitely fought out in the courts for years. And really, then they'll, it'll probably be settled at, at some point because then you will never find out who was technically but, responsible for it. Are
1: you suggesting? That there might have been a purpose to it, that it was done on purpose. Like, what would the pur- what could the purpose have been? I mean, you know, this is what I love. So I want to
0: know. Oh, maybe with the Hard Rock Cafe, maybe there was no other purpose other than stupidity. But uh, the, right, right. the, okay. the levee breaking after Hurricane Katrina to flood out an entire neighborhood.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: that course. definitely had a purpose because then people yeah. came in there and started buying, buying up properties for pennies on the dollar.
1: So You know, that happened in Detroit also, and I thought it was kind of weird that the guy who bought up all that property is the same guy who was paying the rent of the mayor who, like, went to jail and then moved to Dallas.
0: Oh.
1: I forget everybody's names, but there was,
0: like— Too much stuff to keep up with.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I I,
0: just—that
1: idea that they deliberately destroy neighborhoods and then buy them up again, that— the first time I heard that, I thought it was a little screwy, but now I, it's just, it seems like a pattern.
0: Yeah, and, and most of the time I'll operate off of the uh, the old cliche, you can't attribute to malice what you can easily explain by stupidity.
1: Oh, I hate that. I disagree. That's Hanlon's <laughs> premise or whatever. Yeah. Hanlon's law. I hate it. Yeah. I think that's wrong. I think that, that that's like the devil's greatest trick was convincing us he didn't exist.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And it, it, it sometimes I'll kind of look at it from that lens and I'll say, OK, maybe, you know, maybe they're just stupid and, you know, bad thing happened. And then you kind of look at who benefited off of it afterwards. and you're like, Right. OK, maybe.
1: And uh. you know what's the best evidence against that? Han- I think it's Hanlon's law. The best evidence against it is the FAA.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it might be inefficient or whatever. I don't know, whatever you want to say. But even in the past 10 years, there's been... Like only a few commercial U.S. commercial aircraft fatal accidents, mm-hmm. and both of them, in my opinion, are psyops. Both of them. So it's at least ten years since no no U.S. commercial run aircraft air, jet U.S. commercial run jet has has been in a fatal accident. I think it's been more than ten years, and we're talking tens of thousands of flights every single day. Yeah. So I think that's a sign of government competence when they want to.
0: Yeah, uh, and I when I was uh, flying back to Baton Rouge last weekend, uh, the little plane that we got on, you know, couldn't even start its own engines. It didn't have enough. It didn't have enough juice to do it. So they bring out the little electrical car. Wow. To sit there and literally jumpstart the plane. And the you little... brought your
1: child on a plane like that?
0: No, 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 no. I was going okay. back to see them. They, they, they are coming to uh, to up to Dallas uh, for okay. for a Christmas thing. Okay, But yeah, so they they brought out the little electric cart, cart, and that wasn't doing it. And so they bring in this 18-wheeler that's got this big diesel engine uh, generator on it, and that started the plane right up. And so I was thinking, I was like, "Ah, all right, flying aluminum tube through the sky that can't even start its own engines. uh, This is going to be fantastic. This is how uh, Eric is going to go out.
1: That's not good. I used to worry a lot about air travel, and then I saw the statistics are – Undeniable, like they' it's just so compelling that yeah. I, yeah, and that just shows that like my fear of flying was totally based on rational thought, like people made fun of me, like it's not rational, like it's totally rational, these things are flying, you know it's like yeah. a ridiculous idea, and then I looked at the stats and I was totally convinced, and then I didn't have that fear anymore, so I might have been misinformed, but it wasn't illogical,
0: yeah, and normally but I'm... that's
1: what's amazing is that it can be it's perfect, it's yeah. freaking perfect, so they they can't figure oh, out how to how to get ahead of a guy who's the cops were called on 35 times and his and he went to school with the sheriff's kids yeah. that's the parkland story the sheriff worked at that school for a while there
0: yeah and uh, they also couldn't wearing figure his uh, jr otc uh, shirt who <laughs> oh that, that yeah the the uh, i can't the remember kid? the kid's name yeah he was wearing his jr otc shirt that, was he really yeah, that was one thing that everyone kind of misses in the story. It was like, yeah, he was like uh, he, trying to oh, go I, in, trying to go into ROTC.
1: That changes everything for me because that means he was connected. Yeah. To them, you know, they had a relationship, and he was so like taken aback when they arrested him. Oh. I wonder if he was even on the spot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, there's uh, a lot of holes in that story as well. Totally, uh, and it's the yeah. day
1: the internet shut down. So. <laughs> that's when and then all my stuff started getting taken down after that but that was the incident where i could not like the stuff that i was finding was just disappearing yeah there's no like other kids videos being uploaded there should have been at least yeah. a thousand videos on that yeah. from every angle at least one thousand uh, a high because school, there was a more high school than a current kids. year <laughs> yeah
0: yeah they're not all just like leaving their cell phones at the front of the class you know
1: no, I mean it should have been at least one per kid, if not like an hour per kid. Every single kid would have had his phone out the whole, To his own danger, they're yeah. so addicted to the phones.
0: Yeah, they would have been uh, shooting video even if they were getting shot at.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. There would be yes, shots fired both ways.
0: Yeah, so that's a crazy. That's a crazy story, uh, up and down. A really uh, bare minimum it is definitely indicative of how dumb government can be. You know, because they they knew about this kid for a long time.
1: But I don't think they du- government can be that dumb. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm I'm I think there's something else going on.
0: Well, I mean, just even for the normies out there, you know, it's like, look, you know, they knew about this kid. Oh, they, they I didn't do anything saying. about like, it. You yeah, know, why would you Why would you and, trust them with anything like right, health or your driver? You know, it's the like the
1: Lysander Spooner <laughs> thing. Whether yeah. it be intentional or an accident, scrap it.
0: Yeah, it's unfit to exist. You know, Look at yeah. this.
1: Although I, I, I used to be super hardcore about that. I was totally unengaged in every way, just complete anarcho-capitalist, which I am. But when they asked me to do this show on WSB, just because like I met somebody who worked there. Yeah. That I, I was like, but I have nothing to say. I don't care. I'm not following this stuff. It's this is a an impossible situation. Like self-limiting government is a utopian fantasy, and I'm not. I'm not like it's circle jerking with everybody about how to make it work. Yeah. But I, 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 for some reason I still, I I think, you know, my friends who worked there like kind of convinced me and I had to find a place. She's like, well, could you at least defend the constitution? I was like, the constitution is what got us into this trouble in the first place. (laughs) And then, but I, I eventually realized I have kids and stuff. I, I would rather kick the can than have the revolution because I'm not sure (laughs) People were on the same page for the revolution. So the Bill of Rights, like I can defend that as something that isn't really isn't a function of government. It is simply our expression of the dangers of government and asserting our rights, our uh, asserting the right to defend against that and that and requiring them to make a formal commitment that they respect those rights and which they don't. But at least we have that's a piece of paper that we should rally around and so but yes i do think that whether it be an accident or on purpose it's still it still discredits the entity the institution yeah,
0: yeah. And, and that's the kind of the constitution is what i'll use to uh to win over some republicans and uh win over some democrats and i was like uh well i mean you guys want to say uh that somebody talking on the phone should be uh, removed from office when he's done so much more horrible stuff than that but you don't want to talk yes. about that because then that'll in uh indict your guy you know uh, yes speaking After with that this was whole the yeah
1: fast and furious thing they they wouldn't really pursue it because everybody was guilty and that's how it yeah. actually works that's how it works see that's the thing this isn't like an anomalous case it's how it works i i have to dig up that blagojevich hidden audio remember the guy who went to jail
0: oh hot rod blagojevich <laughs> yes
1: good good <laughs> I, did, I hadn't heard that one, but his, his story, like when you listen to those tapes, he talks about Obama knows that's not how it works. He also talks about all the wheeling and dealing he does, I think, for his father-in-law. And when you yeah. hear how he's talking about it, it's not that I, I think he's still in jail. I mean, they just locked him up and threw away the key.
0: Yeah, they're, they're not going to let that guy near a news camera or a reporter or anything anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. It's like – that's what I think Guantanamo talk, is yeah, about. Yeah, talk about a guy who knows where the bodies are buried.
1: Yeah, like I don't think Guantanamo is about like not – about not giving those people trials. I think they're in there because they know stuff, and you can't give them a trial because they'd be innocent. You know, like they it, they're not even – there's no evidence of crime. They just – they're just – political prisoners Yeah. so but if you listen to what he says like and you just and and don't think he's the only guy doing it the way he's talking about it so casually doesn't even shock people that i mean that's how it actually i think that's how it works
0: yeah if there was a uh, a corrupt government system that's more corrupt than the entire state of louisiana it's definitely chicago so
1: yes Yes, and they pride themselves in that, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's why he was talking about it so casually. Like, it's like
1: right, right, he loved it. He was like, Obama knows who he's answering to. Yeah, this is just, <laughs> this this is just like,
0: how we do business down here.
1: Yeah, this is the uh, chain of command here, buddy.
0: <laughs> yeah, with Louisiana, we get a little more flair to it. Uh, uh, when I moved up here, I still, I guess I'm still on some kind of list, so I was getting uh, text messages from the campaigns to, to remind me to go out and vote. So I got one from uh, Eddie Risponi, which is the uh, – Republican uh, uh, challenger to John Bell Edwards. And it was like, remember, go down and vote for Eddie Risponi. I was like, I don't vote for socialists. Then I got a response back. It was like, well, he's not a socialist. He's a Republican. I said, okay, a socialist driving the speed limit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the problem is that... They'll defend. They. My father always did said that too. Like there, he's just a socialist. I'm like he would. We would never. He would never call himself a Republican. Only a conservative. But then even conservative got hijacked by neoconservatives.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you couldn't
1: even use that handle.
0: Oh, I I melted uh, one of my relatives' brains because she's a uh, a very uh, lefty progressive type. And I was like, well, you know, you guys are the new conservatives. And she was like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, you're trying to conserve the New Deal and everything that Woodrow Wilson tried to accomplish. Back yeah. A you know, hundred years ago.
1: <laughs> yes. That's what people don't realize. Like conservatives, they use that term so loosely, but conservatives like in England were monarchists. Yeah. They were just the people who didn't want the change. And yeah, for us. Conser- yeah. Conservatives were the ones who wanted to preserve the foundational principles. Yeah. Not so bad.
0: Yeah, and it, it's really fun to talk to uh, to the Republican conservatives because when you start talking about core principles like property rights and uh, uh, non-aggression and everything, that it, it's like the uh, the lights go off in their brain. You know, they can't they can't really they're come trained. up with yeah. It was like what they're huh? trained, huh? huh?
1: And then with Trump, I mean the the debt is is staggering. He is the one. The Republicans are the ones who broke the
0: sequester. Yeah, yeah. I mean. it boggles the mind so much for your fiscal responsibility, right?
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes, of course. And then I think Rand Paul came out with this big speech of how you don't want to break the mandate on Obamacare without breaking everything else because it'll lead to socialized medicine. (laughs) And then they broke the mandate without any fanfare. It's like, if there's no mandate, there's no Obamacare. Right. Right. But it's, it's phase two.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh, good old Rand Paul. Uh, (laughs)
1: i know i don't
0: get that guy i just <laughs> like, don't get it when when you're hot you're hot and then when you're not you're really really not
1: <laughs> i know i don't get it i don't get it and it really it it has implications for the people he's connected to and where he came from you know i yeah. just it makes you wonder
0: yeah there, there was a meme going around with uh with Rand Paul being uh, Darth Vader and Ron Paul being Luke on, in the uh, Bespin.
1: Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs>
0: Join me. Dude. We could together. We could. We could bring back liberty right. to the people. <laughs> and then uh, you know, Rand Paul going no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I always defended Rand Paul in the beginning because I thought, okay, so he compromises. Because he saw his uncompromising father who said his primary goal in running for president was to get the message out. Yeah. Education. And Rand. Yeah. And Rand was like, let's operate inside the Overton window and maybe we can get more good done. Let's mm. I'll do that. I'll try that. But it's clear that it, there's more to it than that.
0: Yeah. So I'll I'll quote uh, Samuel Konkin, the third here is like, yes, uh, when you get arrested, the cop who joined the police force to change it from the inside will be the one slapping the cuffs on you. Uh, when, yeah. they, when the jury uh convicts you for whatever crime that they've made up against you, they also uh, joined the jury because they wanted to work on the inside to change it. Uh, and then when you're being led down to the uh, execution chamber, the executioner is the guy who joined to to change it from the inside, uh, <laughs> yes. you know. And he just this, would go on and on with that stuff. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there
1: are a few people who cannot be bought, and they. Uh, I think they get killed. I think they get suicided or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I really think so. Or some kind of scandal or, you know, they're ruined or some tragedy. Like, I wonder what happened to Travis Kalanick's mom, the Uber guy. Like, he was not cooperating with some government program. And it took me forever to find that. I was like, this is the craziest thing. They've been trying to get rid of him, trying to get rid of him, trying to get rid of him. His mother dies in a bizarre accident. And then the next day he's gone. And I was like, when did all the BS, the bad press about him turned from funny to malicious to purposeful. And it was around the time that there was news about project Grayball, where Uber would not help the authorities in some kind of surveillance. Yeah. So I think that there are people who stand firm who think they have the power and then they just get taken out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One that, way or another. And, uh, when I was living in Baton Rouge, I was a part-time Uber driver and, uh, it was actually kind of fun to watch that because at first, it oh was, yes, yeah, it was illegal. I love that. Yeah. yeah, it was illegal for yeah. Uber to operate in Baton Rouge, but the city cops wouldn't do anything about it because we were keeping drunk college kids from getting behind the wheel. Yeah. So they had actually yep. noticed the change in how many times they would have to go scrape up some you know early twenty something off of the road in the morning. So uh, yeah. that's a, a clear case of nullification working. You know, and it's
1: such a great it's such a great thing that that is an end to drunk driving.
0: Yeah, and the, the the free market has done more to curb drunk driving than any government program ever. So yeah,
1: although I Uber had to have had some insider help at least in San Francisco and New York to play. Okay, I lived yeah, there's where no doubt about that. They yeah, yeah they the, those cities when I lived there had terrible taxi situations, total monopoly of the taxi system. And if you had a non-official, non-medallion like taxi or whatever, they would slap like a thousand dollar fine on you. They would, you could not pick somebody up off the street. It never would have worked if they didn't turn a blind eye to it. And by doing so, they took a government created market failure, which was there wasn't like enough cheap, whatever. Yeah. And they allowed this this in- newcomer to monopolize it. So there was something going on there. I don't know when it turned south, but but I love what you're saying about, like where, like when I used to smoke cigarettes in New York, they always tried to like pass a law or whatever that you couldn't smoke inside. And I was like, New Yorkers are never going to listen to that. <laughs> yeah. So Giuliani, I think it was, or maybe Bloomberg changed it so that the bar owner could get a, a crippling fine. So then the bar owner had to enforce it. But yeah. prior to that, we just nullified
0: that kind of crap. Yeah. You know, it's it's either my body, my choice, or it's not, you know. <laughs> and now,
1: I know. I <laughs> know. Uh, right? Ah. Uh, and the same thing with gun rights and drug rights. It's like yeah. it's God gave you the right to guns, which we, he didn't even, you don't have a gun seed. Yeah. And, you know, people say guns are bad for society. That's why they want to ban them. And you say that drugs are bad for society. What's the difference?
0: Yeah, to uh, drug rights, baby. Yeah, to people who say, "Well, you you shouldn't have a, a weapon." I was like, "Well, I was born without fangs, stingers, and uh, yes, uh, you know, carapace armor. Uh, I I need to defend myself,
1: <laughs> right?"
0: And, and oh, so we need these weapons to to do it a, a little more efficiently, and it's not up to you to and say it's what the great equalizer.
1: Not yeah. one person who's ever used the hashtag Me Too yeah. should be against universal gun ownership, at least for women. Yeah. Let's just say, if you wanted to make gun laws, don't let them make them apply to women. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm being facetious, but think about it.
0: Yeah, and the fastest growing group of new gun owners is African Americans, females.
1: Females, yeah, <laughs> yeah, African American females. Why is that? Why is that significant? To, why is the African American part significant? I don't get it.
0: Well they have been told all of their life that guns are bad. Guns are dangerous because you live in a crime ridden area, you know, because oh, they, you know, make yeah. those general sweeping yes. broad brush strokes and everything. Yeah. And so the, Oh, the women yes, in those I communities. Yeah. The women yeah. in those communities is like, well, this is some bullshit. You know, if I can't, well, that's what I always thought about, I can't defend gun... myself. Oh, what's that? It's mid roll read. Uh, hold on a second. Harry Chessman just walked in. Yes, Harry. Hey, Rubble. Guess what? Um, I, I really don't have time for this, Harry. No, no, no. Just really. Guess what? Uh, what? Childerberg! Uh, yeah. Childerberg. Gotcha. It's not happening for a while there, Harry. I know, but I'm very excited. I can tell. Thanks. So head on over to Childerberg.com. It's not a cult. We promise.
1: Right. gun. When they crack down on gun rights, and they also ease up on policing in the inner city, I mean, that is just taking... Innocent people in those communities who don't have enough money or the desire to leave their communities right? completely defenseless. Yeah. Completely defenseless. And then, and I predicted, because it was pretty obvious, that places where they did that, like Baltimore, was going to have skyrocketing murder rates in those places, which they did.
0: Yeah. And so I'm all for women arming up and getting better trained than the men. You know?
1: Yeah. And then when you look at like India, where they have I think total gun ban. I don't know. But I had somebody call me like, you shouldn't have guns. Here's Indian. I'm like, you guys have the most horrible rape problem in the world. We get stories of like people getting gang raped on the city buses and everything like crazy stories out of there. Yeah. And if everybody knew that the women had guns, I think like domestic violence and rape basically goes down to zero.
0: <laughs> you know? I, uh, there is something to be said for that old cliche. An armed society is a polite society. You know,
1: yeah. Yes.
0: You know, and I don't get depends- messed with because I'm over six feet tall and you know, kind of a big guy. Uh, that's
1: what I think is like but, the Eric Garner case, where the guy got choked to death on the ground, or yeah, lost. for attacks. It wasn't for it wasn't the, <laughs> right? But he was interfering with someone who was restricted by the government from doing what he was doing, right? right? So that guy, the the store owner's hands were tied. But I don't care. But the fact is, you know, I'm not I'm not quibbling about that. Ooh. But the Eric Garner thing, he was acting like a guy. Who had physical strength. Yeah. Like I would never mouth off to a cop like that, (laughs) but he was a guy who had confidence because he was large. Yeah. And And I, and so that shows you that, you know, uh, outside weaponry is the great equalizer. If you care about people who are oppressed. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. And you're right.
1: African-American women, if you, the Starbucks thing where they like got everybody in a room and it was just like, uh, you are hated. (laughs) It's like, you know (laughs) what, you know, people are going to be mean to you when you want to use the bathrooms. Like, I don't know about that because I've got open carry and I think she's going to let me use the bathroom, you know, not because you would threaten her, but because you're right. It's just a level of of equal, equalizing and politeness that you can achieve with. That's why Tesla wanted to create a weapon, an easy to use, really powerful, small, portable weapon, because he wanted world peace.
0: Yes. He wanted everybody down to the individual to be able to repel any kind of attack.
1: So it's such a, and, okay, and would, that's that's why they locked uh, him in a room forever.
0: <laughs> yeah, the uh, the guy who invented the Gatling gun uh, also said, "This will be the most horrendous thing on the battlefield, and this will get wars to stop." But you know,
1: you know what did get wars to stop really is nuclear weapons. If you look at death from war prior to yeah nuclear yeah. weapons, it's like it's you can hardly see the statistic after that.
0: Yeah, and I quibble about the uh, statistics sometimes. There Oh really? Yeah. Well uh the Iraq war um has uh what is it to date? Like six thousand dead US. Oh, yeah. All right, well, there's a reason for that. Uh let's yeah, say you I, are driving in a truck and uh IED goes off and it yeah. blows your leg off, but they are able to stop the bleeding from the yeah. femoral artery. They immediately try to get you outside of the boundaries of the country to go to a hospital ship in the Gulf or up yeah. to Ramstein Air Force Base in Germany. If you die of your wounds up there, you have died of your wounds, but not right. because of a war casualty. So yeah. You are and then not the
1: deaths and, deaths and injuries that that ratio used to be like one to three, something like that. And that's probably gotten skewed. And also, now that you mention it, or now that we're thinking about it a little harder, the the i don't think the statistics of civilians and people like in iraq who were killed really like you have to count those people you have to count everybody yeah and i don't i'm not sure they are all counted yeah
0: dead and displaced it's it's in the millions yeah that's uh, true and injured
1: yeah you're right you're right because those are those are brown people who call
0: god a funny name
1: yeah Yeah. it's not well but that's not why that's why people say it is but it's not why
0: no, well, they're also sitting on a ton of resources as well. So
1: That's it, yeah. I mean they create the religious and tribal problems. I really think that's why JFK, that was his epiphany, that he saw what the CIA was doing in Africa and like creating tribal issues to yeah. justify our involvement there. And his last speech at American University had stuff like that in it, like yeah. this is going to be not a Pax Americana. It's no. going to be a real piece for everyone, and it was like,
0: Oh my gosh, he's out, yeah, uh, uh, the jFK thing that's uh oh man, that's another road that we can go down at some point, but uh yeah, uh you can just take a look at uh, China uh, going into Africa right now, they haven't fired a single shot, they're all over the place down there why they're building roads <laughs>
1: interesting, wow, yeah, yeah. I mean that's they're exactly using they're happened.
0: using capitalism against capitalists,
1: <laughs> yeah, well they're I think they're fascists at this point but yeah. they i i've always said that like they're like who will build the roads I'm like the guys who build the shopping centers and the housing developments yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they do now
0: yeah yeah if, like, they for do the, it already yeah for the chinese it's like hey we need a road to go to this mining site that we now right. have control over uh yeah we'll build all of the roads in your town right you know and you know just what just give us access to like, do it
1: the interstate highway system, which is this externally imposed road system. Yeah,
0: it doesn't just, make any kind of sense. but And it
1: destroys. You know. And first of all, like to say that that keeps us safer. I'm like, well, as soon if invading armies can. I, I mean, you'd have to control every mile of it the right. whole time, like the resources to control that so that it isn't used against us. I think is maybe unreasonable unless they all have little bombs in them. But also what it did like think about the impact of health. Now we say stuff like we want local farming, whatever, if it's in season, if it's near you, it's better for you. The reason that, that, that is, is more expensive rather than less expensive is because of those highways. Right. And that, and, and even like small batch factories and everything now are completely doable. So you could have local, Pretty much anything at this point. Yeah. At this technology, but you don't need it because of that stuff, which subsidizes probably Chinese goods really more than anything else. Obviously, because that is the stuff that we're getting.
0: Yeah, and, and when I was living in Louisiana, there was a big problem with the uh, Chinese uh, crawfish. You know, they would rather ship it in because it was so cheap, and it wasn't. And think about yeah. that.
1: Yeah. What 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 screwed up regulatory system could possibly make that the economic answer? That that kind of shipment, that kind of refrigeration? Think about that.
0: Yeah. It's completely stupid. I mean, why would I want to eat a a Chinese crawfish when there is a ditch not more than 100 yards from my house that I can go get crawfish out of?
1: Get it myself. And that's how the pot thing is going to go, too. They're going to make it so that you can't grow and sell. I'm sure it's already like that. Grow and sell.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lovely. Even back in the 90s, when medicinal marijuana was starting to come around, you know, Marlboro and, you know, Philip Morris and uh, RJR, they all had uh, protections on growing that stuff because if you got medicinal marijuana, it was all rolled on their machines and it got sent to you in the mail in a little tin.
1: Oh, yeah. So they were already had a foothold in it. Yeah. And of course, they're going to make it regulated. And I remember saying, don't do the medicinal marijuana because it's a registry. Yeah. And then Hawaii, I just saw a headline flash across the screen. I'm not I didn't follow up on it. But it said, Hawaii using marijuana registry as a gun ban.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just uh, I want to say there was a story out of Illinois. A lady who had a firearms owner ID uh, also had a uh, medicinal marijuana card and uh, she let it lapse, and so they uh, did a SWAT raid on her house.
1: Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, I think that one just came out a few days ago.
1: That, you know, that reminds me of this Project Guardian that Bill Barr just came out with on Wednesday, where they said they're going to communicate state, local and federal to find people who applied for for gun licenses and were rejected. And they're going to pursue those people and see if they can catch them on something. And if they're if they were rejected on mental illness grounds, they're going to see if they can start interventions on them so that. What you just said is a perfect example of how they use those registries as as alerts to pursue somebody. That makes me sick. That is yeah. terrible.
0: And then they wonder why I'm against sick. gun registries in the form 4473. Of course. <laughs> Background checks are gun registries. Yeah. That yeah, sure. It may not go to the government office. It's still kept at the gun dealer.
1: I think it isn't though. I think this Project Guardian is is making inroads into that. Yeah. What's uh, the NCIS thing or the NICS? What's the national?
0: Oh, the NICS system, database? national instant check system. It's that stuff. is So it's ridiculous. Last time I bought a rifle at a, uh, at a gun store, you know, they came back in 10 minutes and it was like, yeah, everything's good to go. And I was like, okay, great. You know, I, I, but I know in the back of my mind, okay, now they know that I have a 308 rifle. Right. <laughs> you know. All Right.
1: And they, and if you, and if something like your marijuana registry lapsed, wow, that is nuts.
0: Yeah. If so the, if you
1: ever checked into, you know, if you filled a Prozac prescription, yeah, does that get to them?
0: Yeah, it has to. Because I mean, I think, think the, that's uh, it.
1: I think that's what this this convergence of all information is getting to, which is it was like the, it was the 1974 Privacy Act that stopped all that, and I don't. I think that's still in effect. I don't think they repealed that.
0: Well, yeah. So I like this the, uh, challenge. Trying to update the computer system for everyone's health care. You know, that all gets reported. You know, it yeah. has to it's a little phrase that we like to call vertical integration. So Yes. Send everything out.
1: So, yeah, it's scary.
0: And then when you try to point this out to stuff, then they'll like, Oh, you know, you're just a conspiracy theorist. I was like, Well, oh, here's the facts. Yeah.
1: But it's happening. And, <laughs> and, and and as they come out, I remember there was a lot Eric Holder did a lot of this stuff and people inside the government were objecting to it as against the law.
0: Oh, Mr. Oklahoma and, City himself, huh?
1: Yeah, and nobody was was Holder the okc guy
0: yeah he was uh he was around for the oklahoma city bombing i think he was like a a u.s attorney or something like that
1: okay there was another guy who was obama's choice for the supreme court he was highly instrumental in okc but he never got in it was Uh, before garland
0: i think yes yes yes
1: yes okc i guess was a was a training ground like a vetting process
0: we're going to go after white supremacists that were on banks. I was like, okay, let the local police take care of it. Yes. <laughs> why do we need the, an FBI?
1: And uh, I know that's the other thing. The DOJ and the FBI, the DOJ was started, from what I can tell, I've never re- read this, but like, in, I never read anybody analyze it really, but I just looked back at the history of the DOJ, and it was established after the Civil War to get the southern states to abide by federal laws that they were base, effectively nullifying. Yeah. So that's what it's there for. It's there. It's there solely to circumvent the Constitution. Solely. It hasn't lived up to its
0: name. It's not a Department yes, of Justice, the, you know.
1: And it gets worse every day because people fall for these these emotional events that, I mean, you could say it's incompetence that they're, they have the most sophisticated surveillance state of all time and they can't see this stuff coming, like the Parkland thing, you know, yeah. that – that they that this stuff is happening anyway. So why are we giving them this power to violate the Constitution when it doesn't help anyway? Or they're letting those things happen because they know that or creating them because they know that emotionally people will give up their rights if they think that they're that those those rights are creating a danger to them.
0: Yeah. Uh, just let something happen and then we'll come by with the response that we've already had pre-canned. Right. And that'll sound good to the uh, to the ignoramuses out there that just watch TV all day. Yeah. Because they go out and vote.
1: I know. And then if they vote wrong, yeah, y- you know, if they vote for somebody who doesn't make sense, then they have to be – we'll have to have an impeachment.
0: Because <laughs> he says mean things on Twitter. He calls CNN I know. fake news. Oh, my god, It's gosh. so
1: nothing, too. It's like what he does is just so obviously –
0: Dramatic. Yeah, he's just a bro. I mean, if you, you want to take it down to basic terms.
1: I think that he acts like one. I think he's an actor. But oh, yeah, even so, it doesn't matter. It's not that big a deal. You look at his policies. They should love his policies.
0: Yeah, it's all the same stuff. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah debt and war. Everybody loves welfare and warfare. He's It's all the same. It's all the same. It's all the same. Why do people like get so yeah. <sighs> crazed about it?
0: Continuing the genocide in Yemen that Obama started. I, I mean, that yeah. just... That, Should be the reason why he's impeached, but they're not going to do it because golden boy Obama did it.
1: Right. He silenced the anti-war left forever.
0: So, I mean, they want to talk to us about about whataboutism all the time. I was like, well, you know, if it fits. Yes. (laughs) I'm not saying what he's doing is is better.
1: (laughs) And it, it just it makes me nuts because the people who want to justify what Obama did will set I don't know if the people on the left say it, but the people on the right use what Obama did to justify the official narrative. Well, he got in there and he saw how bad it all was.
2: Yeah. yeah. That so was, in good conscience, that was, that he couldn't. That that yeah.
1: Yeah. He couldn't not bomb the crap out of everybody because that's how bad it is. Even the liberals are doing it. It's like, no, no. <laughs> this is a scam.
0: Yeah. When, uh, when Obama first took office, like all the Republicans out there is like, well, now he's going to see how, how terrible it is out in the world. And he, he's just going to have to do what George Bush was doing. And, right. was too. They're going to say the yeah. same
1: thing. Well, little beautiful babies. I didn't realize they were babies.
0: <laughs> There's always babies in incubators. Yemen ba- on y- to the floor.
1: Yemeni babies are not cute though. They're not beautiful.
0: Well, once again, they're brown. You know.
1: <laughs> but the Syrian babies are beautiful.
0: Oh, of course, of course.
1: Right. He was he was bombing them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bashar al-Assad, who shaves his chin every morning. You know, he's a bad guy. Yeah. Okay. Right.
1: Wait. He's a medical doctor. I'm sure he? he doesn't. Uh, yeah, his I brother he was. Like a was supposed... Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe that's possible. Yeah, you might be right about that. But his brother was the one who was supposed to be the heir, and I think he died in a car accident. So now this guy had to take over. Yeah, and the and his whole thing, like his father, was bloody. Assad or whatever, because he put down a Muslim Brotherhood uprising in Homs in 1984. And the Muslim Brotherhood is is like an Egyptian organization. It's Syrian and Egyptian. I think Syria and Egypt were one country for a couple of days. But anyway, yeah, so, I think
0: I think it all started in Egypt because I remember there was a, uh, yeah. a video posted uh, from the Egyptian president. I want to say it was like in the late 50s or early 60s. Nasser. Yeah. yeah. And he was uh, talking about one of the Muslim Brotherhood people. Coming to tell him to have his daughter hair, have a, have his daughter's hair covered up, and it was like, well, I've seen your daughter without a without a tuck uh, hijab on, you know, right? And you guys can't even patrol your own cells. What makes you think I can do it for the rest of the country? Well, you and
1: know? Nasser also outed them as being infiltrated by the British by British intelligence,
0: which they were, you know.
1: Yes. So <laughs> so. so when Assad's family is putting down. These I don't know what you want to call them radicals or infiltrators or whatever it's in a different context that's the kind of thing that that you know the same people who argue for us going over there argue because you want to suppress this stuff you want to suppress terrorism, suppress radical Islam, whatever, yeah, you know, so like he wouldn't he should be their hero, he's a secular guy putting down the radicals i mean i'm not I'm not I don't know enough about it to justify any of that, but I'm just saying it's all in how you read it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And all that stuff is, you know, the Liberty memes page on Facebook, you know, had this great thing of a woman reading a newspaper and she was surprised. And the, the tag was, uh, FBI foils, FBI's own terror plot. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it, I mean, every time you reads something about, I was like, Oh, well we caught this terrorist and he was planning on bombing a mall. It was like, but then you, when you're reading the story, FBI agents, uh, You know, lured him in and was talking to all of his
1: accomplices. This is where it's starting to get wacky is that all of the accomplices are agents. And that's that was, I keep talking about this article because it keeps meaning more and more to me. There was a courts article about the origin of Google. And it was really, like, beyond what we've seen before about that, which is pretty big. And what he was saying was that the main reason was that searches will reveal your true inner self better than anything else, basically, I think. And that that would let the government categorize or cordon off birds of a feather. Yeah. And then in other stuff, the memetics stuff from the Defense Department says how— how influential, important the, the community is like a person's community really influences them that I've read other stuff like that in the army war college and everything. So they can control like the birds of a feather group. If with AI, for example, so like the way the sting works where all of them are FBI agents, except for this one guy, they arrest, they could do that in the virtual world to every single person without any manpower required is what I'm, I, I think is one of the
0: things that
1: that uh, AI and Google and all that is is going to do, yeah. if not already does.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said before, I mean, that was just echelon with prettier packaging because it was all keyword searches. You know, it would just sniff out everything that was going over the telephone lines, you know, emails, text messages and everything, and it would just put all these keywords together.
1: Really? Uh, yeah. I didn't know that that worked.
0: Yeah. So that... I knew
1: it was a surveillance thing. It was the five eyes, Right.
0: Right. Yeah, so, but I didn't
1: know it worked like that.
0: And wow. then when that Alphabet just... came out with this, oh well, we've got this thing called Google, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a great search engine. You know, it, it, that's all it was. It was just echelon with keyword searches.
1: But they did it. But this article suggests that they didn't just come out with it. They found the guy who could do it, and Sergey Brin. They found him.
0: Yeah. To do it. Yeah, it's uh, and then. Even if you're not involved in any kind of criminal organization or any kind of uh, terrorist group or anything, just think about what you're putting into Google. You know, uh, I know. I've got I some. Know. I've got some medical symptoms. I might want to find out because my yes. doctor told me about it. So great. All right. That's now what... now they have access to what you've been searching medically.
1: What you're afraid of, or what you have, or how to get you. I know. I yeah. think that too. And they can target you. So, so teenagers. I've noticed this. They get they're bombarded constantly with mental illness diagnostics. Oh, so yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. constantly thinking they have some mental illness and you could really, if you wanted to target somebody and you knew their vulnerabilities in that way, you could really make people crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the other part of it. You know, okay, well, you know, I think I have some kind of depression. Let me go look up a psychologist in my area. Oh boy.
1: And then, oh, then but that's I also a own a gun. Yeah. Yeah. They show up at your house. <laughs>
0: Uh, you get sure. you get put on a list. So uh, I've just kind of uh, lived my life. I just assume I'm on, I'm on every list, you know.
1: Yeah, that's so. why I try not to get chilled because they yeah. can make stuff up. They can create fake emails. They they're I've been on list. I not even me. Like I was on a list because I have the same name as a drug dealer, <laughs> and I was missing planes all over the place. And I mean, it was quite annoying. And they don't tell you that you're on a list. You just Like that random button goes off and you get detained, but they don't tell you it's you.
0: Yeah, they, uh, I'm pretty sure Monica uh, Perez is a uh, very fairly common name. (laughs) Yes. But among
1: drug dealers.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) drug dealers just anybody i'm pretty sure if you could yes uh, yes
1: it's very common the first name and the last name are very common
0: that was about i was about to say you can go anywhere in south and central america and just throw a rock and you probably hit a monica perez out there somewhere
1: yeah i mean there are monica Perez's like with radio shows and tv shows like you can't even write monica perez podcast without like getting redirected to chile or something (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) unfortunately i
0: have one of those names that is pretty much only to me so
1: Right, so you can't. You they're they're going to find
0: you. Yeah, they they will definitely find me. Uh, I know.
1: Actually, it is good. It is good. I've noticed that that like it's lucky that I took. I just, I I, I've, I mean, it's just my name. And when I was on the radio, the terrestrial radio, like I just used my name. But fortunately, it's kind of generic.
0: Yeah. Uh, Sometimes I wonder. I was like, man, maybe I should have changed my name to Michael Johnson or something.
1: But but you know how the crowd. But how how can i mean maybe you can be anonymous from each other yeah but not from them like i almost feel like it's better to just be out so that you know i just i don't know i feel like either you're completely under the radar which you can't be against the surveillance state or you're just as out as you possibly can so that if if they do want to persecute you it will raise questions because everyone right. will know what you've been up to
0: yeah, and like I was telling uh Joel from uh Evaporine on my on the episode that I did with yeah, him. Yeah, I just
1: that. loved that. He's such a good grasp of the of the fundamentals and how it applies to that to oh. the regulatory state. I loved it. I was like,
0: yeah, they're going to go after the the people who are the most vocal about it. Um but if you've got others that are being just as vocal, you know, that's uh the, their their hands are going to be tied on that cuz then they can't really do anything without everyone asking a bunch of questions. You know. Yeah.
1: So, That's right. I mean, they really have to find they. They only take matters into their own hands when they when it's. I think it's someone charismatic with a lot of influence. So I like. I yeah. started to wonder about the Anthony Bourdain suicide. You know, like I oh, just. Yeah, I feel like if you're...
0: there was a bunch of stuff. Like his girlfriend was having sex with a with a teenager. Uh, well, that yeah. was the
1: thing. I said that I'm going to accept this suicide at face value unless that uh argento's harry weinstein story turns out to be screwy because he would not cover that up like he, i don't think he would have covered it up and then it turned out her story was screwy yeah the other thing or I... there was that element to it i shouldn't say her weinstein story screwy i don't know anything about that but then she had she was the perp on the sexual harassment
0: yeah she was the one who got the whole me too thing started and um no
1: wasn't that the other one wasn't that mcgowan
0: well, I think Rose McGowan has always been kind of a, uh, a big mouth when it comes to that kind of right. stuff. Cause okay, she, okay. Yeah. She's been talking about, uh, Hollywood being a cesspool for a long time. Like really? even oh, back okay. when she was doing that show charmed. Oh, really? Yeah. There was, oh, really? yeah. There was a oh, reason I didn't why know I'm not several like of the know. projects with her in it got canceled or new actresses were brought in. Oh, yeah. they'll, they'll throw that, that typical, you know, difficult to work with in quotations. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Or or they when they go in for custody, it was like, Well, I hear she's difficult. Yeah. Mhm. <laughs> Try to make it sound like, you know, she's crazy, but you know, as it turns out, no, this stuff was actually going on.
1: Yeah, she's just non conforming. Yeah, she's the... just
0: not buying your bullshit. That's that's all it yeah. is. Or you know? peddling it, yeah. is really what
1: they're there for.
0: Yeah. So I mean they like to do that. Um I think Shannon Doherty was another one of those. It was like, you know, huh. I've finally gotten tired of being pushed around and stuff by this industry. I'm just going to start talking out about it. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're out of work.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. you don't hear from them anymore. And I think like Brittany probably had a, a little bit of a break from, you know, a mental break. Oh, from she shaved her head and everything? Yeah. Yeah, from being and I think she did that because they told her that they could get like a drug test from a hair follicle. My guess is that's why she did that. <clears throat> Not not just as a lunacy thing, but as a rational response to a threat. Yeah. But I, I think she just couldn't do the Katy Perry thing or the Taylor Swift thing, where you just like, you know, create cradle to career or whatever, cradle to grave yeah. a, a created person. I think she had that little bit of a break. And I think she got back, found a spot where she could still operate. But maybe some of these people just get completely pushed out because they really cannot serve the function and could even damage it by continuing to be influential.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of that in Hollywood where, you know, script writers will kind of sneak stuff in every now and then, um, but they're not going to be very out and vocal with it. You know, I, I think if I sat down with the Russo brothers and talked to them about Captain America Civil War, I think their thinking is probably a little more in line with ours. But in that system, they're definitely not going to say anything. You know, they're not going to be very out loud with it.
1: Yeah, I I don't know how many people can really survive there who still think freely
0: yeah, that's that's a tough thing, you know. And you're an actor, but you're gonna have to act twenty four seven because you got to make them believe right. that you that you believe what they believe. You know, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's I, a tough thing.
1: I think they try to find true believers. I think that's a better way to do it. Like I think that's yeah. how the media works. I think that's how the news media works. Is that first of all, the low hanging fruit is the stuff on the headlines. So if you if you do want to be in that industry and you don't want to be put up to a lot, have to really do a lot of research and answer a lot of questions and defend your position. Right. Just taking what the New York times has already concluded or the Washington post or the wall street journal. You don't have to figure that out at all. You have to learn what that story is. And I like, that's the thing about people who read those newspapers and they think they're all truly informed and talk down to me, for example. And I'm like, like all you're doing is, you're proud of yourself because you have comprehended their story within their paradigm. Right. And that's it. So (laughs) that's it. And that's kind of complicated because you have to really get your mind around this little nugget without thinking beyond it. And that's why a lot of times those stories don't really make a ton of sense because they kind of feel like you're missing something. I think because they have to like, Craft it very specifically, a lot of times it's whitewash. Like this week, I was reading a Wall Street Journal article about Murray Yovanovitch, the ambassador. Former ambassador to Ukraine, which was like so clearly a whitewash because I knew the real details that the yeah. story just did not make sense at all. I'm like this is just and an then, but that wasn't even true, and this was sarcastic. I'm like sarcastic. Like you're actually saying that a quote was sarcastic in a in a newspaper. Like <laughs> how do you know it was sarcastic? Like somebody, some anonymous source said it was sarcastic.
0: Oh, that kind of so, stuff drives me up the wall. It was especially yeah. when I read in a news story. It was like, well, what his thinking was. I was like, oh, oh, you just know what they were thinking right. when they said it's, something.
1: It's a preposterous <laughs> when you look at it and then people like read it and they and they're just so proud of themselves because they could regurgitate that story in a in a in a way that makes sense. But but you can't really answer questions about it. Your understanding, your your understanding can't be probed because it's just superficial. But you but as a news reporter, no one will probe your understanding if it conforms with what those publications are putting out. Whereas if you deviate at all from that script, then your ideas do get probed and you have to do more work and you have to defend it and you have to put up with ridicule. So, so like with the acting and the media, I feel like they're much better off just finding people who have that very kind of like their Overton windows, even narrower than the general population. And they are all in it together. So there isn't going to be that much. And then if you find somebody who maybe picked as a child, but really had a bigger brain than you realized, then, you know, because the brain can't be too big or too small. Yeah. Then they then if you step out, then, yeah, maybe there you become quote difficult, like you said. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, I've always loved that. And it was like, okay, are they really difficult to work with? Like they're, you know, some condition is broken and they're going to start yelling at a lighting guy on the set of a movie or is it something else?
1: Right. And then you do see people who have those things. Like you'll see a, a vulgar rant come out about somebody and they don't lose their jobs. Sue Simmons. I remember in New York, she like, she was caught on a hot mic, just like in the most vulgar terms, reaming out whatever, like a cameraman or some powder puff girl or something and uh, it didn't ruin her career.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And, uh, Bill O'Reilly is another case of that. You know, Oh, the, the whole right. "fuck it, we'll do it live" thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny to watch, but it was like you just got to think: all right, if he's like this, and there's cameras rolling because he's a presenter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> imagine what the cameras aren't rolling and the stuff that he says. So.
1: Yeah, and it's not, and it just proves that being difficult is no deal breaker.
0: Yeah, yeah. People will still work with 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 dickheads you know the christian bale yeah. when he was lighting uh yelling at a lighting guy uh for being yeah. in his sight line you know uh, okay maybe christian bale was having a bad day but yeah you know audio and video is rolling while you're doing all that so yeah well the he, lighting guy had still works of, you know
1: probably had a lot of bad days because did you ever hear the story of him and like his mom and his sister i was just going and just really having like a cop calling knock down drag out with them
0: yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, think I mean, I don't. I I'm not that,
1: saying yeah. he did it or didn't do it, but I'm just saying like he he sounds like a guy who's a little touchy, <laughs> a yeah. little touchy, as they say over there. A little touchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, when uh, Brits start yelling at each other, you know, then all the the creative curse words come out, which I'm a little oh, jealous yes. that we don't have over here in the United States, but. Uh... <laughs>
1: yes, and I think they can yell at each other without raising their voices, which is another clever trick. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh I grew up in a Sicilian household. There was no you know, Really? Yeah, there was no there was no subtlety to anything. If if well, you were upset about like, something, you were upset about something.
1: Name like Eric the Red. I I pegged you for a Norseman.
0: Yeah, um I'm half German, a uh, quarter Sicilian and a quarter Scot. So uh, my red hair actually comes from the Germanic side. Um and so I'm kind of big and burly like a viking, so that name just kind of stuck in high school. Yeah, I and bet. It, yeah, so I was like, all right, I'll just be Eric the Red. It's fine. It fits. My name's Eric. But Sicilian red
1: was your dominating culture as a
0: child? Yeah, my mom is half German, half Sicilian. So we grew up with the Sicilians in the house. So, right. Yeah, so we had a bunch of uncles that weren't necessarily related to us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually got stopped at a wedding because uh, me and my dad both have red hair. And it's like, uh, who, who let the mix in, you know?
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. But hey man, you need to shake up the bloodline once in yeah. a while.
0: So it was always fun, you know. You got to hear a lot of curse words, you know, people calling other people best stardo and everything. So And was... the food. Oh the food never stops.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> baby. This... And Christmas is coming. You're gonna get your <laughs> your fish stew. Is that is that Sicilian? The uh the red the red sauce fish stew is that a yeah did you they're... guys grow up with
0: that yeah we grew up with a a lot of seafood in the house um so I you know knew from a young age what squid ink pasta actually tasted like yeah and you you'd see some of these people like wait squid ink pasta I was it's like so good. yeah yeah you, you fry up the tentacles and you use the ink sac to uh, flavor the sauce and they are like what <laughs> <laughs> was,
1: that's disgusting
0: he's like I might as well just told him that we chew on, on toenails and everything but yeah, yeah it's I was like, yeah, all this stuff is pretty good. And somebody had posted some crazy picture of a turkey being stuffed with an octopus. And I, and I put, as a quarter Sicilian, I like where this is going.
1: Yeah, me too. <laughs> I would totally eat that. I always wanted to eat the heads. But I'm not I'm not Italian. But my father is Syrian and German, which I count as Italian. That,
0: pretty close. I feel Any, like anything on right? the Mediterranean, like, we're pretty much yeah. all mixed anyway. So I, I, I sometimes joke. I was like, yeah, I'm a quarter Sicilian. I'm probably more African than Elizabeth Warren is Cherokee.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that too. It's yeah. So I do, I do think that like it's the barbarians from the north and the what like the Mamelukes or whatever from the south, yeah. and that ended up. That's where you get because everyone, but people always growing up, always thought I was Italian.
0: Yeah, I mean, you kind of have that Sicilian look to you a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's you not. Know, yeah,
1: my um, husband's heritage is. um is Puerto Rican and his father grew up in Mexico city. So he has all that stuff. And somebody was given, uh, talking about AOC and asking me not to criticize her because she's such a good example for Puerto Ricans. Oh, and no, she's not, she's not a good example. I know. At all. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But anyway, so like it came out, the guy was like, and you don't look Puerto Rican anyway, you look like a light skinned Mediterranean. I was like, wow, you're good. <laughs> yeah, but it's so long ago, you know, it's over a hundred years ago since any of my family came over that i i
0: i wouldn't even know
1: i've got no connections i can't go back i can't tap into that
0: culture just american no no right of return for monica perez and i so
1: no although i am a citizen of ireland and uh and i tweeted that i was so excited and my um i actually got it also for my son who has down syndrome after obamacare i was like where do they still have kids with down syndrome if the chips fly here and uh, in iceland Not nicely yet. My son and all his friends are like, there's this weird thing that got in their head, like not weird, but it's funny that it penetrates their psyches. He's like, I am never going to Iceland. I don't know what's wrong with those people, but I'm not. He doesn't even really fully understand the concept, but like they all know, don't go to Iceland. (laughs) (laughs) But I got him Irish citizenship because of that. And it was possible because I'm a citizen of Ireland and I tweeted it and there's, you know, Irish nationalists who are probably in the Hague somewhere and have nothing to do with Ireland started harassing me on Twitter. And you know, I'm like, Hey, yeah. payback's a bitch, buddy. You know, <laughs> like we took your, my ancestors and, uh, and now we want, we want to come back,
0: but yeah. So it's, a uh, kind of one of those things that, uh, you know, I grew up, with that uh, mediterranean culture and everything so when i go to uh other restaurants like lebanese and stuff and i'll eat all that stuff it, you'll see something that's like normally the white people don't like that kind of stuff i was like no bring it to me you got grape leaves stuff with lamb i'll take it yes
1: yes i grew up on on stuffed cabbage which was lamb yeah so so freaking delicious Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. takes forever
0: yeah, so uh, a lot of times when people come over for uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner and, you know, we've got, like, you know, th- tomato salad, olives and stuff on the table, like, why why do you get – I was like, no, just just go with it. So good. Yeah, so good. So good. <laughs>
1: but my mother was the Irish one, so there wasn't, wasn't a whole lot of cooking. You got – corned beef and cabbage was about – she makes a mean corned beef and cabbage but just not rolling grape leaves that's for sure
0: definitely not rolling grape leaves or you know eating a goat and everything
1: when i went to ireland and we were like traveling for a long time and i ended up at this pub and ordered something to eat and i was like this is so good it's so good and the waitress looked at me like thinking it's not that good and she said hunger makes a great sauce yes (laughs)
0: <laughs> there's a lot of truth like, into that
1: oh this isn't good she's like not really <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i've often wondered the the first person who saw a crab or a lobster on a beach somewhere and just said you know i'll bet that's pretty tasty with butter on it
1: <laughs> yeah that was one hungry mf that's
0: for sure <laughs> i was like oh this giant sea insect there's no way <laughs> right. that's gonna be good
1: this hardest yet yeah, and even when you open it you're like what's that green stuff yeah
0: <laughs> Well, down in Louisiana, uh, we suck the heads, and there's a reason for that because that's where all the tasty stuff is at. So,
1: yep, I do. I I <laughs> have learned from my husband, who's from Houston, how to eat a crawdad and other stuff. Like I really the pinch. What is it? Pinch and
0: yeah, pinch, pinch and, and twist. What? Yeah, pinch and twist. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and that's even kind of funny with the whole crawfish thing because that only came about because of the uh, the depression. You know, it used to be shameful. To have to eat Eat something, yeah, to eat something that came out of a ditch. (laughs) So people would boil up this crawfish, and then when strangers came over, their neighbors came over, they threw a sheet over the top of it, so you wouldn't be caught eating it. No way. Yeah, and then like all other poor people food, it becomes like the new cuisine a generation later. Yeah, it's so good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so like oxtail soup, you know that stuff is excellent. But that was poor people food because that was the only meat that they could afford.
1: Oh, um, I grew up eating scrapple.
0: Yeah, scrapple. Tell me,
1: scrapple, not tripe. I didn't get. We never Uh, went for tripe, but there was a lot of scrapple.
0: Yeah, and then what most people consider Italian cooking these days—that was like all poor people food from New York. You know, that's that's just what they made.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah, that's right, and that's what a lot of Southern stuff is—just the uh, the cast-offs from. From the fancy tables.
0: Yeah, the muffaletta is a great example of that. You know, German bread Mm -hmm. makers and Italians. Oh boy. Yeah.
1: Debris. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All that. Yeah. You look at that stuff and it's like, oh man, this looks like it would just taste horrible. But nope, it's the greatest stuff ever. You know,
1: Nola is my favorite city in the world. I want to retire there. My husband's like, your liver wouldn't last a decade. (laughs) And then when you get into the airport in New Orleans, there's a huge banner that actually says number one in liver transplants. <laughs> Have you ever seen that in the New Orleans airport?
0: Uh, yeah, I think I've seen that at MSY. Right now it's uh, kind of a nightmare. You don't want to go to to uh to MSY. You just gotta try oh, to is find it... Yeah, it's it's under construction and I don't think they know how to direct traffic. It's, oh it's yeah, that
1: happened to me when yeah. I think we were there for Jazz Fest this year and uh it took us an hour to get off the airport property.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a mess. At some point they'll figure it out, but it's it's not. you have got
1: to fix it by next Jazz Fest. I think the Who is going to be there.
0: That, you got to fix it by February because that's when uh, Mardi Gras is. Yeah.
1: Oh, I can never do Mardi Gras. I'm just I'm not taking my
0: shirt off. I'm
1: sorry. I just I'm not doing it. <laughs> to the to the, it.
0: to the dismay of everybody around. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, maybe in the day I don't know, but I just can't. <laughs> I just can't do it. I've got I've got a line. Yeah. Draw the
0: line. Well, that's good. That's good.
1: Uh, <laughs> I've got to keep There's, a, uh, there's many, legitimate... many ladies
0: down there that don't have that line. So
1: <laughs> Right. They they're they they can handle that. I'll I'll do Jazz Fest. I can make great cocktails.
0: Yeah, there we go. Cocktails. Oh, that's the other thing. Uh your YouTube channel. Have you put any uh, new recipes up? Uh
1: so it is I put my recipes on the blog, which is monicamixes.com yep great recipes i have like five full recipes and i'm about to start the 12 drinks of christmas it's gonna be great Nice. but the videos are to make them really good quality you need like camera angles i've made a few already yeah uh but i haven't posted them because like each one i really want them to like be there for the ages like i want to i'm not just hacking them up there like if i'm doing a pre-show video what's up today on the podcast you know I'm not doing that I've done that plenty but like this I want is really like for me I love them and I want to put them up there so I'm like I'm hoping that my like fourth one's a charm and I'm gonna try to get that out by Christmas and then I feel like if I've got the template down of of how to do it. Cause it took like two or three hours to set all the stuff up and I'd have to like buy another tripod and borrow someone's phone for like a different angle and right. get a like lapel mic and a little zoom thing. I'm telling you every time I tried to do it and it's like 4k. So I'd like to spend an hour putting makeup on and blow dry my hair. <laughs> <laughs> so It's like, but here's the upside to it, which I absolutely love. It's like the equivalent of a regulatory barrier to entry. Yeah. If you want to make a really high quality thing, and and like what I found out is that I could make it and then by the time I like got through all that rigmarole, I didn't I really wanted to have like a better conversation so i was like oh i really need to like think hard about like how do you make tequila like i you know i want to want to what let me think of the good anecdotes for when actually tequila maybe it was the only time i took my shirt off but i uh you know i want to tell the stories and have some fun and i just didn't even have time after all the uh all the hard work of that but because it is so it, it really is more, um bigger commitment than i had realized yeah. they're it having a high quality product isn't just like a dime it doesn't
0: yeah i have a youtube channel really myself and it, love. it's basically just the uh, an audio of the uh, podcast with uh, with my uh, logo on it and that's it and there's oftentimes was well, like, Well, I need to invest in like do like, wanna start doing like man on the street interviews where I'm just gonna ask somebody some kind of libertarian ish topic and <laughs> see if I can convert yeah. them on the spot and everything, but then I realize okay, I'm gonna need a camera guy, gonna need Yeah, it's uh, a pain. Yeah.
1: It's it's a huge pain. And um I I had what the reason I stopped doing the YouTube Putting my show on my YouTube channel is that my WSB show on the Parkland shooting was t- was given a strike on YouTube, and if you get three strikes, you get off of YouTube. And yeah. I have subscribers there, and I I couldn't have anticipated that something on the airwaves, in uh, you know, on terrestrial radio was going to be something strike worthy. They wouldn't explain it to me. They wouldn't answer my appeal. Yeah. So I thought I can't keep putting my shows up because then I will lose this, you know, I could start over, but I have over a thousand subscribers, which is like the line for monetizing. Oh, yeah. So I thought I would do something more socially acceptable, which is to push alcohol, yeah. you know, it's so, <laughs> I'm not pushing. it. It's really just a labor of love. It's just for me to yeah. have fun and connect people who enjoy that. So I'm not worried about that stuff, but it is a little twisted that good, the uh, political analysis and questioning about an elected official was characterized as bullying. Yeah. But telling people, yeah. And telling people how to drink more is like something they want to foster.
0: (laughs) So dumb. It was like if I was doing uh, makeup tutorials or, uh, (laughs) you know, unboxing stuff, this is the thing I don't understand. You know, I'm going to open up this box of shoes or this, uh, you know, toy box or something. And those will get millions of views. I don't understand this.
1: Yeah, you can do anything you can do. I mean, I, I know you can't do porn, but you can certainly. I, this is the, my my classic thing is that like I can't screen out what my kids watch at all. Nothing. I cannot do it. There's right. little kids YouTube. But and even that I've had people have complained to me about for their little kids. My kids aren't watching little kids stuff. I want just some way And I've looked at third party censors who I want to buy their product and they're like, YouTube makes it so hard to curate their content that it's basically impossible.
0: Yeah, because people who want to mess with little kids and everything, they figure out ways of getting around the the algorithm.
1: Uh, Yeah, and they want And YouTube makes it hard to to combat that because you could if you, you could pay somebody. I mean, people, millions of people sign up for your service. You could hand curate enough stuff to keep to keep people, to keep kids occupied. Yeah. By age, you know, you could do it. You could have you could have authorized channels and just revisit that channel once in a while. You could have a thousand channels in a week.
0: Yeah. The uh, my three year old, she likes watching stuff on on YouTube, um, but there's a there comes a point where you can't, you know, because you got to do other things. You can't just sit there over her shoulder the entire time. And you know, when the video comes up of uh, the animated Spider Man falling off a building and breaking his head you know, which has happened before. <laughs> You're like, okay, yeah. no, we're going to skip to the next one. You know?
1: Yeah. And then, I mean, wait till they get a little older. You know, my, my, oh, my son who has down syndrome likes my little pony. It's the weirdest thing. I saw him yeah. like we were on a plane. They had the, my little pony video. I could not movie. I couldn't believe he clicked on it. I never saw it before. He was hooked immediately. So there's something about it that really appeals to him.
0: The, and there then, must be. my nephew has yeah. autism and is also a brony. So,
1: Oh, yeah, well, a brony is not, is not innocent. A brony, like, has crushes. They want to date the ponies. They're grown men who want to have dates with the ponies. Oh, and it well, gets, I mean, that's how my son learned the disturbing. word rape. Yeah, yeah, I was like, he was like, I, I was watching a video where one of the bronies got the R word. I was like, what? <laughs> so they, you know, it's just, it bastardizes even innocent stuff.
0: Yeah, I always thought it was just the dude who likes the the My Little Pony stuff.
1: <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of that. I mean, I watched and didn't think it was a big deal, but my other kids are like, "Mom, you can't let him go down that road." I'm like, "How am I supposed to stop him?" Like, I'll pay you whatever you want to sit next to him and make sure he doesn't go down that road. And I could take all the electronics away, but my son escapes. I mean, I can't even read, do the dishes without yeah monitoring him.
0: Yeah, that's uh, it. It's a tough battle for sure. Uh, I think uh, a lot of times uh, people see, like, the My Little Pony stuff, and everything is happy and everything is joyous. Um, Yeah. You know, so maybe it's a form of escapism for them. But um, yeah, yeah, I I can't sit there and watch it because it'll it'll just irritate me. (laughs) But uh,
1: yeah, what I'll do is, like, sometimes I'll let him watch it on the laptop with, like, not with headphones on or anything, so I can, like, orally monitor him, and that helps. And then you can also tell that it's appropriate or inappropriate.
0: Yeah, try to stay with at least within earshot so you can kind of listen to what's going yes. on. Yes, uh, yeah, but they
1: they have themes like suicide and um, you know gruesome violence and stuff that pops up and in a in a feed that really could easily just not go that direction.
0: Well, my other big complaint is somehow the the video of like somebody rocking on a chair with like creepy music behind it. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it's not anything nefarious, but it's still kind of weird. Mm-hmm. We'll get into the into the uh, small kids feed, you know, and I'm not even yeah. sure how that even happens, but I, I've come across a couple of those where it's like yeah. looking at a well, and all of a sudden there's a quick shot of a guy standing there in like a doctor's uniform, and it's got creepy music behind it, and you're like, "What? What is this?"
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's so yeah, weird. I mean,
1: but, I I would love an expose on that. Like, I would just love to know what's really. I wonder if Project Veritas could dig into that. They won't, but, you know, that's the James O'Keefe thing where they go yeah, and, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. quietly, like, hidden audio.
0: Yeah, I've I've got problems with the James O'Keefe stuff because a lot of that stuff is edited. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's quite a little bit of it where they will show somebody talking for a little bit, and then there's an obvious cut in the video yeah. and audio, and then they pick back up with something else, so I don't know what was in between that. Yeah. So if he had, like, completely raw, unedited video yeah. with maybe just, like, a with the closed captioning up there so you can read along with what they're saying. Uh maybe I wouldn't have a problem with it, but uh Yeah. Yeah, there he does quick edits and, and uh there's a lot of that I don't like. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I that's good. I'm glad you pointed that out because I do I, I try to never get lazy about stuff like that, but I'm so desperate for some truth. I always like it. People think, Oh, you're, you don't believe anything. You're a total conspiracy theorist, whatever. But frankly, I'm always trying. I'm always looking for hope. I'm always grasping at straws for like somebody who is legit and has reach. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And
1: so I, I sometimes try to like give overly give the benefit of the doubt to anybody who's actually out there putting the work in. Yeah. But it's,
0: you know... I mean, I like that it's getting exposed, but there there's definitely some editing going on in there, and that always will kind of keep me a, a, at an arm's distance from it. Well, that, uh, I mean, that can, just yet.
1: can completely change the meaning. Now, there are, there are plenty of, like, full-minute, not-uncut stuff where the guy will say, the beginning, middle, and end, of, like, I censor it this way because I want to hurt Trump, and yeah. I'm allowed to do that. Like, I think... You have to, some of that stuff, it's, I, I think it'd be a little hard to even find a context where he wasn't saying what he just said.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing that they did with the Google exec was, it was probably a good uh, good example of that. There wasn't too many, like, hut, cut edits to it.
1: The chick with the accent?
0: Yeah, but she you know, just, you know, well, we can't let that happen again. I was like, what do you mean you can't right. You're a search company?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If right. anything,
0: you get paid in advertising dollars, you know.
1: Yes, I know, I know. I know. And then when you're told like a a, a hard, you know, libertarian conundrum kind of is how do you deal with these private platforms? They have the right to censor. And I'm like, they're not private platforms. It's clear they have an agenda. Who's driving it? Who owns them? And more important, when it's seeded by tax dollars, then I own it. It's a public entity and that needs to be fully vetted.
0: Yeah. You know, at some point, you know, you're going to have to kind of get around it. You know, use DuckDuckGo or StartPage.com for your searches.
1: Yeah. And and even I mean, I don't I don't think it's right, but like Publix can't the supermarket can't stop you, I think, from engaging in political speech on their property. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. So if they're not allowed to, I think the I think the logic there, I think the case might have been that like if they ever want the cops to enforce the law on their property, if they want government protection, it's a very like since when are we paying for something yeah. voluntarily? You know, like that's not what policing is. Like we're forced into this monopoly on force. I mean, yeah. you can't say whatever. So it's tortured, but it's applied differently to Publix than it is to Twitter
0: yeah, very true very yeah. true it's uh yeah, it it, it's it's a headache and a half for sure
1: yeah well I'm I wish that we could unplug because it's such a tool of brainwashing for our kids, but I think it's impossible to be economically functional now without it yeah and then the next step is going to be the Chinese style stuff where they're going in and giving you social credits. And if you, if you reach below a certain threshold, your ATM card doesn't work.
0: Yeah. um, There was an episode of the show community.
1: Black Mirror. Oh,
0: sorry. No, it was uh, the show community with, with, with Meow Meow Beans. And um, I don't know what you think of Dan Horman, uh, but uh, that show, I was like, okay, well this is just nothing but social credit. And they're kind of taking a funny, you know, take to it. But then you're sitting there watching it. It was like, oh, no, 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 no. I see this already happening. <laughs> you know, yeah, that was no, at the time when happening. Facebook started stepping up the, uh, you know, the shadow banning where, you know, you may have like a thousand or so likes to your page. But, you know, every time you post something, you only get oh. like two or three likes on something. So, you know, people aren't seeing it.
1: You know, I didn't even think of shadow banning as social credit. Of course, that's exactly yeah. what it's I'll tell you on YouTube I did a a um and YouTube video on Paul Ryan. Yeah. Just like he's not a libertarian. Not, it was not, when that was important. Not that, not like, even close. <laughs> that was like cuz he was cited as carrying around Ayn Rand or whatever I'm
0: like oh, please. So I did this great Ayn video. Rand hated libertarians. I don't even know why that's even a thing. But, but Oh, continue. why?
1: Why what was her thing? Yeah, I, I remember.
0: Oh, uh libertarians aren't true objectivists and uh only ayn rand was uh the only yes. philosopher since plato or something like that yeah yeah. she's yeah. definitely got a little cult going around it, yeah going around for it.
1: sure oh th- yeah. that i know i'm not i'm not an ayn rand fan but i just i was when i was younger uh, but anyway, so I wasn't impressed by him carrying Ayn Rand around, but that was, it was something that was supposed to like give him libertarian oh, credentials. Yes. yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so I did this video and it just like stalled exactly at 500. It was so obvious. And then like, I started writing in my own comment section, like, come on guys, you got to unfreeze this. I know like a hundred people have watched this since it was frozen. If I it, like it would unfreeze for a while and it would freeze again and, uh, and I knew that they were up to something and yeah. I guess it's possible it was shadow banning. See, I thought they were suppressing the count, but it could have been, they were suppressing the video.
0: Yeah. Um, I think YouTube did get caught with that at one point cause they would have, uh, the thumbs up under the video would be like numbered in the thousands, but it only showed 301 views. Is like, well, <laughs> the, the, the oh two are gosh. incompatible. <laughs> you know? I'll
1: have to look at that. I'll yeah. have to see if there was a tell there. That is so
0: funny. Yeah, there, it was, a, there was a few years topic. ago that happened. I don't know if that still goes on anymore, but you would look down and a video was like, huh, this thing's got, you know, 5,000 <laughs> thumbs up, you know, 200 thumbs down, but the view count only shows 301, and it would be like that for several videos.
1: So the people watching have like 10 thumbs each. Yeah, wow.
0: exactly. <laughs> It's like that joke from Family Guy. We got we got one call to complain about this show on the FCC, and we all know that one call equals a billion people. So a billion people
1: hate this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh,
0: so crazy. Well, we just did two hours. How do you feel?
1: Loved it. That was super fun. <laughs>
0: that was I went, awesome.
1: About about a half an hour in, I realized that we were uh, recording. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i didn't even uh stop to do my intro or anything so this is yeah, so
1: the first half hour yeah. i want to go back and see if i like told any you know my address or something like here's my phone number buddy <laughs> yeah i
0: don't think you, i don't think you uh disclosed of anything but if anything comes up you know just uh, let me know and i'll try to edit i'm pretty out
1: sensitive question. to the hot yeah. mic no i don't think so i don't think
0: oh, yeah so. i think i think we we're good i think we just got right into it so that's all
1: yeah super fun all so right. I wish that it had been in the evening and I had a cocktail because that's just my favorite <laughs> hobby is to have a cocktail and a chat. That's like I used to try to write that as like list out like on a job application or even a college application. Like, what do you like to do? And I'm like, well, I like to drink like to cocktails and chat and chat and chat. And part of it,
0: yeah, that's half of the equation. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm trying to do that. Eventually, my two loves, my cocktail blog and my libertarian podcast, are going to converge, and it'll just be I. I a drink and a chat
0: yeah uh out of all the libertarian podcasts uh anytime someone does the oh we're just gonna sit around and drink and talk those are my favorite episodes
1: yeah except for the well not except for but until about halfway through the lines liber- uh, of Liberty and FagCast <laughs> one where I was like dude I I was starting to see smoke like, I was like my my office was fogging up halfway through I was like okay okay guys I'm gonna have to gonna have to catch you some other time <laughs> I want I want to hear the rest of it for sure yeah. but it's kind of like trying to watch Cheech and Chag I remember the first time I saw Cheech and Chag I was like this is the dumbest movie ever <laughs> later that day I was like this is the funniest movie be ever
0: <laughs> later and, that same yeah day. cheech and Chung will be like that because there'll be like subtle like jokes just yeah. with uh tommy Chong's looks sometimes yeah right but, but
1: if you're watching yeah. it like after two cups of coffee it's not anywhere near as funny as of an evening
0: oh yeah that's like uh going back and watching some of the old monty python stuff and you're like how is this funny again and then you just kind of oh yeah that's right british humor Got to love it.
1: Yes, yes. And then and it's really funny.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I think you also set a record for the longest episode. Uh, well, I had uh, Bobby Joe Woods on who uh, runs a, a keto blog, and she was like at an hour 57. So you're definitely well over that. So
1: Wow. Well, hopefully we covered more than just one topic. So I think that we did everything. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. That was great. Awesome. Thank you. I can't wait. I don't think there's any – I don't think I, if you hear anything that you think – would you want to take out i don't i'm not afraid of editing so do what you want yeah. and and send it to me do you want me to post it on my feed or just post it on my website like how do you like it because i if you want to get hits and i can just promote it or if you want me to if you want to get exposure i can put it on my feet
0: um yeah so next wednesday i'll have uh, mark claire's episode out and i think Fantastic. you talk to him like right after uh, I, did, I love so. talking yeah, yeah. yeah uh so you'll be actually uh, yeah you'll be the wednesday before thanksgiving so
1: that's great. And do you want me I because I'm going to take off a couple of days during the week on Thanksgiving so I could put it up on my in my feed instead of my show if you want. But if you don't want me to do that so that it gets driven to you, I won't do it. It would be um, a week
0: later. Either way, it's fine. Uh, when I did the episode with uh, Pete Quinones, it was like my 50th yeah. episode. Uh, like my numbers weren't all that great. But uh, after he reposted it on his, uh, then my number shot up. So either way is, is
1: okay. Cool. I'll do it that way then. It's fine. I, yeah. I'm totally it, people give me a different answer to that. Different yeah. people. So I will. Um, that's easier for us anyway. So yeah. I will just put it on my. I'll you can if you tweet at me, I'll retweet it. If you do Facebook and you want to copy me on that, I'll do it there, and then I'll yeah. also put it on PropReport.com. Yeah, and be then great. I'll tweet it from there. Yeah,
0: that'll be great because I think the the Wednesday that it comes out, I'll probably tag you in it anyways. So
1: that's great. And then DM me just in case I you know yeah. I have too many things to read real quick. <laughs> awesome.
0: All right. Well, Monica, and that fantastic. was awesome. That was awesome. Thank you
1: so much. I'll talk to you again. All right. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. All right, and there she goes, folks. That was great. Uh, wow over two hours, over two hours worth of stuff there. So, uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, we're going to try and, uh, try to do like a regular thing with the, with the old Monica Perez there. Uh, if nothing else for cocktails and, and a chat. (laughs) So if you could, if you, if you do like what you're hearing, uh, I like to promote value. So if you're uh, getting some kind of value out of this, uh, definitely head over to patreon.com, subscribestar.com, bitbacker.io. I've got all the links down in the show notes. If you want to buy a t-shirt or a coffee mug or a hat, go over to teespring.com and uh, you got everything there. If you just want to like click over some tokens here and there, uh, you know, you can do that as well. Uh, Bitbacker has all my, uh, all my addresses and everything on it. So guys, seriously, there's great stuff coming out, you know, but anyways, take it easy. Enjoy your Thanksgiving because this will come out the, uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, have all of the turkey, eat all of the pie. I know I'm the no sugar, no grains guy, but hey, you know, put a little life into living once in a while it's not going to kill you well, sustained use over many years will kill you but if it's just the one time enjoy the pecan pie enjoy the pumpkin pie enjoy the cinnamon rolls the next morning if you're going to but, you know, take it easy on it you know, don't make it to be the whole day <laughs> anyways take it easy, we'll come at you next week with a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause Out.